They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Son of a gun. Matt Hayes. His balls are different in person. Mia O'Brien. I don't know what they're doing. And Leon Searcy. Bringing you love, peace, and soul. Welcome in the noon hours here, XL Primetime. Ready to crank it out. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota Tuesday, right here on the Superstation. Tell you all about them throughout our show today. They are there to wow you, and they've got great rides on both lots and great people. Don't forget BeaverChevrolet.com, BeaverToyotaStAugustine.com. We get things rolling today uh, with a fun giveaway, and we'll just spread it out throughout the course of the show today. And if we learned anything on on Fridays, that JJ the DJ loves to crank out the big hits. And recently, we've kind of gone country uh, with the loss of Toby Keith. And then when we were doing our show at Leonard's USA, he was cranking out country left and right. I mean, Beyonce went country, so I think anything is possible Anything's possible. possible. True, true, true. And so we've got a country theme today. And you heard on Jaguars today, they give you a chance uh, to win. But it's Fat Tuesday, and you've got the George Strait, Chris Stapleton. Mm. Well, just a huge show at the stadium. Uh, and we've got a chance for you to win tickets. So we'll throw our George Strait theme at you a little bit later on today. But I do think we ought to probably start with still some leftovers from the Super Bowl. And, Leon, when you came in and talked to Jaguars today, you know, we're going to be looking at the guys that are available on both of those rosters from the other night. But then also, how many Hall of Famers did we see on that football field the other night? Immediately, who do you think of – like right now, Chris Jones isn't done with his career, nor is Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Well, Are they I'm, both Hall of Famers? Oh, I'm, well, they're they're trending. Well, Patrick Mahomes. We know one of them. We is. know. Listen, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> yeah. is a Hall of Fame. All right. Yeah. I mean, he could retire today. He's going. He's going to be a first ballot. But if you look at that Kansas City team and you say to yourself, "Who's trending the ball?" Well, Kelsey's a Hall of Famer for sure. He's mm-hmm. trending. I mean, not the trending. He's there. Um, their center. Their center uh, was it Humphrey? So Creed Humphrey Humphrey, Humphrey. Humphrey is uh, he's solid. I mean, although a lot he got of guys, a lot of criticism after Sunday. Yeah, yeah, but throughout the season he's been pretty solid. And you know, most of the offensive linemen don't get that kind of attention. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you know they're just stellar, like a Kelsey from last year or something like that. He'll probably be a first ballot. Um, but if I look at the rest of the Chiefs, I mean, that would be it for as far as Chiefs go. As far as the Niners go, I mean, Nick Bosa, right? I mean, Definitely absolutely on his way. McCaffrey. McCaffrey's trending, absolutely yeah. trending. Trent Williams is the first ballot Hall of Famer. He might be the only lock, in my opinion. Right. Because, I mean, he's been a staple. He's been a staple there forever uh, when he came from Washington over there. So he he's definitely a lock. Uh, look, w- Wagner, the the, the, t- mm-hmm. the linebacker, he's trending. Yeah, Warner. Yeah, yeah. Warner. Warner, yep. Warner, I'm sorry. Absolutely. Warner, he's trending in that direction. Um, I mean, it's, 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 it's a lot of guys. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. When you play the game and you're on both of those teams, you don't have, man, you don't have a, a – a, you don't have uh, uh, a fondness or appreciation for the greatness around you until mm-hmm. it's over. I'm I don't know you. if you said McCaffrey either. He's oh, yeah, yeah. I said, oh, yeah. oh, definitely yeah. said McCaffrey. Yeah. Absolutely because, said McCaffrey. You, know, there, there are, you might just say immediately, right now, mm-hmm. they could walk into the Hall of Fame, Mahomes, Kelsey, McCaffrey, Trent Williams. Yeah. You may not say that just yet about Nick Bosa because he's still obviously he's a little trending. early. Yeah, he definitely Chris Jones, is trending. Chris Jones Chris is Jones trending. Is, Absolutely, yeah. he's trending in yeah. that direction. 
And look, when we see teams win championships, or for mm-hmm. that matter, the 49ers play for championships, once you start having that many games played in the postseason and that many good players around you, then royalty does start to yeah, rise. Yeah, because it's an accumulation of talent. It's, it's your ability to evaluate talent, talent on your team, whether it go in the third, fourth, fifth. I mean, everybody likes to be starstruck with the first round mm-hmm. and the picks like that, but the, the nitty-gritty of your franchise – is when you go in that third, that fourth, and fifth, and you pick that guy, and you develop him, and he goes out, and he starts playing like an all-pro. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. That's the bottom line. Uh, and then the other half of it, okay, we'll talk about Hall of Famers. You guys can throw uh, your your thoughts our way, 641-1010. You can hit the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Go to YouTube and search 1010XL, and you can always offer up a comment there. This is the Yahoo pop-off chat line. Yahoo! Jumping on the convo there because we're looking around and we're going, are there Hall of Famers on this Jaguar football team? Eh, a lot of discussion that you can have on that topic, but not as many names that you can throw up. But if you look at the sum total of those other two teams there, they definitely have guys that are walk-in, first ballot guys. Do you realize, this was crazy to me, I was listening to Daniel Jeremiah on the way in this morning. Mm-hmm. Do you realize that Travis Kelsey was drafted in 2013? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was still in college when he was drafted in 2013. I've been out of college now for mm-hmm. eight going on nine years. Yeah, it's been a minute for him. And it, that's where when you look at this Jaguars roster, the most veteran player is who? Cam Robinson? Yeah. yeah. Dewan Smoot? Brandon Scherf? Brandon Scherf, I guess, would be the answer. And he yeah, was probably. drafted in 2013. 15, mm-hmm. also right after I graduated college. And that's, I think, to answer your question of maybe, yeah, because I agree. Obviously, on the surface level, Patrick Mahomes was drafted in 2017. We can split hairs as you want. But this team doesn't have enough veterans or enough guys who have played in the league long enough that we have the sample size to say that's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, because Fred all- Warner was drafted in 2018. The Jaguars have three players, well, mm-hmm. four players, if you want to count Logan Cook, yeah. too, that yeah. are from – 2018 or previous drafts. Yeah, well, well, we don't have enough good that sticks around, too. Right. I mean, you talk about Travis Kelsey has been with the Chiefs for, what, 11 years? So he That's came in. That's good that stuck around. Yeah. He came in the year Andy Reid took over. Mm-hmm. And he was a second-round draft pick. And third. Hmm? Third-round draft Third pick. round, third mm-hmm. round. Was mm-hmm. Jason second round? I'm trying to yes. remember both of yes. them. Jason, Jason was a second-round pick. Yeah. And so, and, and so you're talking about a guy that's going to be turning 34, might already be 34, but been in the league that long. And he gave that passionate speech, at least that's the way the story was told, that it, it fired up all of his teammates Saturday night before the Super Bowl, that it was the stuff of legend. And the question was asked on one of the shows, might have been Jags today, who can give that speech in this Jaguar locker room? Well, well, I and mean, we're missing that, that, that cat that, right now. That's the key, Joe, to be quite yeah. honest with you. When you get that, that, you get that amount of good that sticks around, mm-hmm. and that means you have an established culture that you can present to other guys who come onto the team. Yeah. Because you're established. You're that good that stuck around. I mean, and it's not just him. Other guys good that stick around. And now you have an established culture with the Kansas City Chiefs that went. Whoever comes in, whether it be a rookie or free agent, they know yeah. they know the steps that you have to take to keep this franchise all yeah. good. So here's the thing. When you look at the 49ers, you look at the Chiefs. Um, in terms of drafted talent that is potential Hall of Fame or at the very least is at the core of who you want to be as a football team, the 49ers, you go back to Eric Armstead, drafted when Trent Baalke was the GM. He's yeah. still there. Mm-hmm. George Kittle drafted in 2017. We mentioned Fred Warner, 18. 19 was Bosa and company. And so those guys, there's at least six that I know of between you know Debo and Dre Greenlaw. You can also yeah. throw in there. Those six guys were drafted 2019 or earlier. 
When you look mm. at the Chiefs' starting lineup against the Niners in the Super Bowl on Sunday night, there's only three players that were drafted from 2017 and previous. And that's why you, you give Brent Veach a lot of credit. Right, because that's and that's the point I want to make. So mm. your three, granted, it's your three marquee stars on the Kansas City Chiefs, and Patrick Mahomes drafted in 2017, Chris Jones drafted in 2016, and then Travis Kelsey drafted in 2013. Everybody else in the starting lineup is either a free agent addition, a trade addition, or was drafted 2019, if not 2020, and earlier. Mm. Or later, excuse me. And so that's where I think, if anything, you look at the Niners, and that's where if we're talking about Hall of Fame talent, you can really look at them and you can say, okay, like that, you can really judge the sample size because there is a sample size in terms of like how much Hall of Fame talent they have because those guys have played together and played in the league for so long. When it comes to the Chiefs, it's those three who I think are on Hall of Fame trajectories. And then who? A bunch of young guys who, I mean, well, are you going to say Legereus Sneed's a Hall of Famer right now? No, 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 no. Are you going to say yeah. Paco Pacheco, as much as we love him on this program, is a Hall of Famer right now? No, I And think, that's where the Chiefs get credit, I think. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, more than anything else, the mixture of free agents and draft picks and the coaching staff and the, the culture that Leon talks about, those basically stay the same because the – idea that Andy Reid says, this is what I want my team to look like. And from 2013, as soon as he mm-hmm. took the job, they started – they either worked with the Dwayne Bowes of the world, the guys that were there mm-hmm. in advance, or they started acquiring the guys and developing that football team over a decade's time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the funny thing I, – I remember Coach Campbell telling us when, when he first went to Dallas, the mm-hmm. first thing that Jimmy wanted to do was get rid of the, the guys who had been comfortable there. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that what Jimmy did is he established a culture early on to where you either it was going to fit or you wanted to be gone. It was a funny thing that I remember seeing this interview that was on TV when they talked to Michael Irvin. They, when the Cowboys were terrible, he was on those teams. Mm-hmm. Michael Irvin said he became a snitch because Jimmy wanted to know. The guys used to tell him, hey, man, you're in the league now, man. You just It's all about to get them checks. Now, this was before Jimmy came. Uh-huh. And he said, when Jimmy came, those same veterans that told him, hey, man, this NFL is all about the checks, he told Jimmy, those guys that were saying that to him, and Jimmy got rid of them. Because Smart. you're establishing the culture. This right. has got to be mean more to you than just a paycheck. Mm-hmm. You're about winning ball games and football games. Yeah. And Coach Campbell, I remember him telling me that they, when they, 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 they established those 16 110s, the running and conditioning, and some of them old cowboy vets that weren't used to that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. they had to go. Yeah, it's crazy how you can immediately sniff out, and I think I gave Mm -hmm. you the quote from the Senior Bowl, one of the assistant coaches that said it, that if you don't play hard, your teammates will know immediately. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing worse than a guy who doesn't give his all for the rest of the team to benefit from it. Mm -hmm. That's a huge negative, and you can pick up on it just like anybody else in that locker room can pick up on it. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you listen, you, you're going to have guys in there who are all – but the mass majority of your team is going to be about the business ball. Mm-hmm. All right, what you do in them streets, hey, listen, long as it doesn't have any carryover to how you take care of business when you come in this locker room. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, all the locker rooms I've been in, at least 95% of the guys were all in, mm-hmm. whether I was in here or where I was in Pittsburgh. Right. And that's why we had so much success because we were about the business of the ball. When you came across them doors and you came in that locker room, it's about winning football champs. Yeah, now, one thing we can pull this all together, and there is something to be said, like when you look at the depth charge for both of these football teams, that they've the talent that they have has developed. It's actually become a superstar early, like a Nick Bosa and some of the other guys, and then they've been able to develop or acquire talent. And you could do that with the 
49ers roster. You certainly could do it with the Chiefs roster because the Chiefs have had many, many, many turnover situations they had to deal with with guys like Tyreek Hill leaving and them going and drafting somebody else. They haven't necessarily brought in high-priced free agents, at least not a ton of them. Whereas San Francisco, if we talk about two Hall of Famers right now walk in the door, first ballot Hall of Famers, Trent Williams and Christian McCaffrey, were acquired, Mm -hmm. okay? Yet they fit in and they look like they've been 49ers forever. But the Nick Bosa draft was the exact same draft as Josh Allen was in. And so Josh Allen needs to have, and maybe is at least this year, establishing himself as one of those dudes. And some of it is circumstantial. I mean, the Niners were picking number two overall that year because everything went to heck in a handbasket real Mm. quick the season prior for them. I mean, C.J. Beathard, Nick Mullins, those Mm -hmm. were the guys starting for them at quarterback the season prior. That's the reason they were picking second overall because of all the injuries to Jimmy Garoppolo and company. Right. Trent Williams and Christian McCaffrey's acquisition cannot be looked at simply as, oh, my God, they traded for two Hall of Fame All-Pro talents because both had baggage. The Mm -hmm. the Panthers, excuse me, basically had a fire sale and auctioning off, you know, whoever wants Christian McCaffrey. He's been injured the last few years. We can't figure out what to do with him. My name is David Tepper, and I'm trying to build a champion. Who wants him? Um, So so that's number one. And the injury history can't be denied as much as I wanted to get a little uh, hidden on. Old David Tepper there. Mm -hmm. Trent Williams, I mean, there was some trouble in paradise. Well, it was a fall-apart situation up there, too. Right, in Washington. Washington. It was another situation in which the team was transitioning. He was not happy with ownership, akin to Christian McCaffrey and ownership in Carolina going their separate ways. But, again, the injury history with both, I mean, Mm -hmm. it was certainly a gamble. There was risk involved. And the 49ers said, you know what, the risk yeah. will, the, the the reward will outweigh the risk. If you think of how healthy Christian McCaffrey has been since yeah. he got there. Offensive player of the year. Yeah, compared to what he was. And I'm telling you, I see him take some of these hits, and I'm like, is he going to get up? And he is one tough mother. He really is. He just keeps mm-hmm. getting up. And, and he's not the biggest dude, but he definitely can dish out punishment, has had to absorb it, and has played healthy for basically two years. He came there in, what, week seven? Uh, a season ago, something in that neighborhood, and and has it has been nonstop since. And so there, there are two. You know, the one thing that I would say more than anything else, Leon, is that we use Nick Bosa and Josh Allen as an example. Both of those guys came in to the league the same year. They were both among the top ten and drafted as rush ends. Well, Nick Bosa came in and he's been with a coaching staff and a front office that has stayed there the entire time. You know how many coaches Josh Allen's had. He's had a Doug, he's had, he's had an Herb, and he's had another Doug. So he's had three different head coaches, yeah. two different general managers, and at least two different defensive coordinators, if not three different three. defense. Yeah, three Todd different. Wash, yeah, Joe three Cullen, di- yeah, yeah. and Mike Caldwell now yeah. going on fourth with Ryan. Yeah, so this will be his fourth. So think about that turnover, man. That It's impossible to compare what's going on here with those two winning franchises. Well, you don't have a, a you don't have an established a relationship with one guy. You've got so, so much turnover when it comes to personalities and schemes and what they do. I mean, so he's to be applauded to be quite honest with you. Have to deal with that 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 kind of severity when it comes to coaching. I mean, and listen, his rookie year, you know, I mean, he was a splash his rookie year. Absolutely was splash and then there was a little you know, there was a little wasteland in between there. Uh-huh. And then this year, he came out with a bang, you know. So, I mean, listen, uh, he he has got – but he's got to be the leader this year. I, 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 he's got to be the leader. He's got to, he's got to be the, the, focal, the focal point and the voice of changing 
of change here in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I mean, if it's just on the defensive side of the field, it's just got to – listen, not enough is being said about his ability to mentor Trayvon Walker. Yeah. All right? Everybody was bashing Trayvon Walker his first year because he only had what? Three sacks, three and a half yeah, sacks? Not a lot. Some, not a lot of sacks, yeah. whatever. This year he came on towards the end of the tailwind. I mean, you can say what you want to say. I always say this. Listen, when you see when you're your when you're a player and you compete mm-hmm. and you see somebody else eating, you want to eat too. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So if you see J- Joshua Allen over there getting it done, Trayvon Walker naturally just wants to get it done too. And I'm sure that Josh Allen has been mentoring him all this time. All right, so we're going to stay on the Jags, stay on the Super Bowl. Uh, Tuesday's brought to you by Beaver Chevrolet and Beaver Toyota. Don't forget online, beaverchevrolet.com, beavertoyotastaugustine.com, and the service beyond the sale is most important. But if you look at those SUVs, pickups, uh, beautiful sedans, economy cars, whatever it might be, you're going to get a great deal on either lot. Now, we're missing Matt Hayes today. Uh, I I mentioned that there might have been a shiv in the broadcast booth uh, with Romo and Musburger. He's worried there was a shiv somewhere in here. (laughs) Had to protect himself. Yeah. With Romo and Nance, uh, and then uh, and then Matt, I don't know. He, he, he might have been worried, but we are missing him today. He will be back tomorrow, uh, but we will definitely stay on the Jaguar front. Let's at least bring this up real quick before we get into a couple of other subjects because we were going to lean on Matt on this. Running backs coach, the Jaguars have made a hire, and he comes from the collegiate ranks, which is – I'm not going to call that like a major surprise, but at least a little bit of a surprise. They ran – not ran, but they let go of Bernie Parmalee, uh, and they decided to – just basically turn the page and bring in a guy who has coached up some pretty good running backs if you go up to the volunteer land. Yeah, this one kind of flew under the radar amidst all of the Super Bowl hoopla yesterday. I know I completely missed it until I got home and Bo Valentine mentioned it to me, and I was like, what, did that just happen? And he was like, no, it happened this morning. And I was like, oh, I had no idea. So shout out to Matt Zenitz of On3 and 24, or excuse me, not of On3, sorry, 247 Mm. Sports and CBS Sports, who has been all over various college hires various college to the NFL hires throughout the course of this offseason, reporting yesterday that University of Tennessee's running backs coach Jerry Mack officially inked as the Jaguars' new running back running back coach. Tennessee was ranked number one in rushing last season. I believe that's in the SEC, may have been overall. He was previously the offensive coordinator at Rice and a head coach at North Carolina Central. What was interesting to me, some of the numbers in terms of EPA per play, in terms of rushing numbers, once – Jerry Mack stepped into the role with the Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee fans were up in arms yesterday. Um, you look at Jalen Wright, what he was what he was able to do, the first 1,000-yard rusher at Tennessee since 2015, the 19th such in school history. It's crazy. I mean, unfortunately, this is not good radio, but I'll mm-hmm. hand the laptop over to Leon. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, you can say that Tennessee didn't have a run game to speak of in 2018 and 2019 before he arrived, but look at those totals in terms of rushing per play before he arrived and then where they were after. For as much as we talked about Hendon Hooker and what he was able to do with those elite wide receivers last mm-hmm. year at Tennessee, this year there's no denying that Joe Milton was helped by a strong run game. And I think for what it's worth, it opened things up for Hooker too. So credit to, well, you know. Yeah, well, you got to have that balance. Right. Yeah, but, but, but who was the run game coordinator? He has as much to do with the running back scheme than anything else. Here? I mean, in Tennessee. Was he the run game coordinator? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I mean, I know he's the running backs coach. It's, but the run game coordinator, I mean, he kind of schemes up. The, 
the running plays for the running backs to have success. Yeah, and they do all that analyst work. They yeah. start breaking it down and seeing uh, with the look ahead what they. I can mean, not, do. not not to deter you know. Not, no, no, not no. To, to, to I just don't know if they his, have one. Yeah, okay. Because it's college, he you might only be get that, ten assists. He might you know. be that one. Mm-hmm. I mean, he may be that guy. Right, and he's in his early forties, so mm-hmm. he's a guy that can come in. And I, I, there may have been a relationship. Uh, the resume doesn't necessarily suggest that, but there may have been a relationship that Doug has come across paths or other people that are on that side of the ball have had a pass with him. But they need to go and have new eyes uh, or new ideas in these rooms, offensively mm-hmm. and defensively. And we've mentioned this before. Doug Peterson comes under Andy Reid. Does Andy Reid's offense work in the National Football League? Hell yeah. Uh, but Doug's probably got to challenge himself a little bit to figure out different ways to get this offense either unhinged or, or looking like they can score at any moment with anybody on the football field. When we came into this year – we were adding up all the possibilities, the Ridleys, the Kirks, the Ingrams, the ETNs of the world, and they just didn't have that rhythm and formula well, well, to you strike got, all the time. You also got to remember this is a copycat league, mm-hmm. all right? So whatever two teams were just represented in the Super Bowl, a lot of their, a lot of their motions and schemes and formations, there's going to be a lot of NFL teams are going to be taking those, going to be still a lot of their schemes and yeah. formations and, and all that kind of stuff. It's just the nature of the business. Sure. Because if yeah. those two teams get to the Super Bowl with the success that they've had with their schemes and with, with, with their motions and formations and all that kind of stuff, it would do you right to at least pay attention to it. Well, that's why we got a kick out of, for a second straight Super Bowl, the winning touchdown mm-hmm. was a Doug Peterson play mm-hmm. yeah, that Andy yeah. Reid admitted last year mm. he took from the Jags. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice, you know, if if, if only the Jags could have won oh that. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Well, the, why we didn't use it? Did we use it ever? Yeah. That's the question. In 2022, they did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. you can see that. Right. And, and, and by the way, even if you go back to a couple of them, those little what? RPOs work uh, with you, with Mahomes now being the orchestrator, the maestro of them. I mean, you say we used it in 2022. Was yeah. there like an expiration date on it or something? <laughs> we couldn't use it this year, last year? It's true. <laughs> just ask. Christian you, Kirk all. got hurt, so oh, okay. and Jamal all Agnew right. was on IR. He couldn't run it. You didn't have either of them. I, um, sure. I would like to note that I know from my reporting that as great a hire as this potentially could be for the Jaguars in their new running backs coach out of Tennessee and Jerry Mack, um, he was not the first person offered the job. Mm. I've been told multiple people were offered the job, people already in the National Football League, people in the college ranks, and this job was turned down multiple times. Mm. Now, what would be the logic behind that? Just curious, especially if we talk about and we have drawn the parallel with a Halfley leaving Boston College as the head coach to go be coordinator level in the NFL because he just wants to get his, you know, kind of get out of the transfer portal world, the NIL world, just go and coach football. I wonder why guys would say no to this one. I, you know. J- and you say multiple meaning. JJ, at least two. At least yeah, two okay, that I know okay. of. Uh, JJ, what was your reaction when I told you that in the pre-show meeting? Mm-hmm. That what? Uh, about that we've had at least two, or in a we. The Jaguars have had at least two people turn down the running backs coach job before they made the hire yesterday. Your reaction was sinking ship. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that they don't want to attach themselves to an organization where the coach might not be here. Right. The worst thing. Uh, I don't can... necessarily think it's like I don't want to work with Press or Doug. It's just like, hey, why would I want to move to a place, get a new job, and they're on the hot seat? They could mm-hmm. potentially be let go in a year, and I'm let go when they get let go. Yeah, it, it is funny though the way things have gone, and if you were to attach yourself to the end of say Gus, Brad- Gus Bradley's run or the end of Doug Marone's run. Mm-hmm you would say, okay, that looks like a sinking ship. The two records for Doug Peterson are 9-8. and eight. 
Right. And, and they're both above 500. They're also two of the best four records the Jaguars have – or no, two of the best three records yeah. Shad Khan has had as the owner in 12 years. Well, would you deny yeah. that he's on the hot seat right no, now? No, no, no. No, wouldn't do that. But the point is is that it is kind of funny that – Two nine and eight records. Expectations change. Yes, yes. Uh, you went from nine and eight in a dream ending, making it to the postseason, to a nine and eight nightmare ending. I totally get that, but I just would be like, I look around the National Football League and I think of I can create a list of guys that may be on the hot seat next year, and Doug would be not way way down, but he definitely would not be one of the first handful that I would list. Really? No, not not, oh, with, man. not with nine I, and eight records. I mean, he's not up there with McCarthy for yeah. me, but he yeah. yeah. And it's funny, McCarthy made it. I to would the put him in the top five for sure because yeah. of just last season was yeah. so well, bad. It's true. There's no question that they did flame out, but it is funny. McCarthy made the postseason, and he would be higher up. So yeah, true. It, I didn't even think about yeah. it. Yeah, kind of well, especially now hiring Mike Zimmer as the DC. They literally have the in-house replacement ready for mm -hmm. them. Um, to your point, JJ, I do think, um, and this is. Nothing. This is unbiased. This is just journalism from what I have been told. I do think that there is now a sense in the National Football League, there's conversations that the Press-Taylor situation is a thing. And so that has deterred some potential names for that running backs coach job and for some other openings on the Jaguars staff. A negative thing. Yes. <laughs> a negative. Yeah. If she says it's a thing, it's got to be negative. Yes, yes. So, no, and again, like this is – it's just – if you're interviewing, right, like any job, and you know that while the boss is great, your direct supervisor, uh, he's not exactly got the best reputation within your field. Do you want to go work for that guy? Even though you know the overall boss is a good guy who's looking out for you, but your direct supervisor, uh, a little bit of a, how is it phrased to me, a different cat. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's stay on that theme because this time a year ago, and we'll, we'll refer to your memories, Duval Nooners, uh, your memories of this was a hot team coming out of 2022, expected mm -hmm. to do great things in 2023. So now who was on that short list? And then we'll take a look at, compare that to maybe guys that are on the hot seat when it comes to either head coach or OC roles. We'll do all that as we roll along today. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota, Tuesday. It's XL Primetime. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. If you're just joining us, no, it's not a country music Tuesday. It's not a big hair heavy metal Friday, although we wish it was Friday. We appreciate you joining us on a Beaver Toyota Tuesday, however. And if you're hanging with us on YouTube, you may have noticed uh, a new centerpiece has entered the studio. Has it not, Jose? Yeah, it's called the King Cake, which is kind of cool because it's Fat Tuesday, and we have a chance. We're playing George Strait music all day, and the King Cake, I actually think we're cutting into the King Cake. Leon, look at Leon's eyes just feasting on I, it. Right I've now. never seen one before. So yeah. You never had one? Yeah, I've never had oh, one. Oh, get ready. And you know what the, the big thing with King Cakes is there's a baby doll. Hidden inside the cake, you got to oh. find the baby doll. Yeah, which means you got to keep oh, eating. What? Yeah. yeah, have you yeah. never had a king yeah, cake, JJ? No, I've never heard of it. Yeah, 
Yeah, and so we got to get you guys out to Mardi Gras. Maybe the yeah. Senior Bowl next year will like somehow fall in line with it. Put yeah, and so the King Cake history, and we'll give you a little bit about it as you go along. But Leon just wants to <laughs> cut into drop, it. You can take your shirt off right now. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I just thought you for you too. Oh yeah, yeah never. And so and he's just looking to see where that baby's at right now. Mm. It's going to be in his belly. Is what it's going to be. Get in my belly. Get in my belly. And so it's going to be happening. But George Strait music. Every single time we come back from break, you're going to hear a George Strait hit. Not right now. We're going forward. Don't inundate JJ right now. But going forward, every time you hear a George Strait song, mm-hmm. you will go on the drawing, and we will give someone a pair of tickets to see George Strait and Chris Stapleton. Uh, and we do it in honor of Big Fat. Tuesday now, Leon, um, as our resident brother on the show, yeah, where are you at with George Strait? <clears throat> um, like, do you know him? Are Elvira, you a huge fan? Is that, is that oh, Oak Ridge Boys? Elvira. I think it, Elvira. that's going way back, man. Is that is that not George Strait? No, I believe that's like Oak Ridge Boys or oh, something okay. like that. Right, well, that's going way back. Yeah, well, listen, if. if the devil went hey, down to Georgia. Uh, right. No, that, he did not sing the devil went down to Georgia. Uh, no, no. That's one of my songs. Oh, okay. That's Charlie Daniels. That's Charlie Daniels. There you go, right there. And that is one that's of about, the best that's, songs. That, right, well, that's gonna, about the. Um, we're going to give you some white culture stuff. That's the today litany of my country with, uh, music. Right George Strait is one of our heroes. Okay, all right. Yes. Here's okay. what you need to know All right. All my exes live in Texas. You sang that? Yeah, that's all you got to oh, remember. Oh, well, then we friends. Then. <laughs> <laughs> then we friends. Absolutely, we friends. Uh, all right, so. This uh, guy's got so many bangers, Leon, that, like, he has an album of number one hits, and it's, like, 50 songs. Really? Like, the yes. This guy owns country music, man. Okay. Yeah. All right. I can appreciate that. And an old soul. Just an old country mm-hmm. soul. A that great others, songwriter. Yeah, others just wanted to be like him. Like the great Toby Keith and some of those that came up. No, I know the name. Yeah. I absolutely know yeah. the name. I just never heard, heard the music. And you know you've made it mm-hmm. when they include you in their lyrics. Mm-hmm. And so George Jones would always be referenced. Mm-hmm. You can go back to all the other old school ones. Uh, Merle, Merle and Merle. Hank. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But George Strait gets mentioned in the lyrics, so that's how great he is. All okay, right, so, so in country music, who's yeah. bigger, Willie Nelson or George Strait? George Strait. George Strait. Oh, George Strait. Not even right. close. Yeah. Not even close? Okay. But Willie Nelson's like – Willie's pretty damn big. He is yeah. big, but he's big in like the non-country space yeah. as well. Right, he's crossover. Okay, all right, gotcha. uh, Thank you to 502 on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. George is the king of country, yes, and that is why the we king have cake. King Cake yeah. on this Fat Tuesday, on this Bieber Toyota Tuesday, on yeah. XL Primetime. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it'll be fun. We'll give you a little king cake history as we go along, uh, but Fat Tuesdays is definitely one of the uh, one of the fun events. And our thanks and, to AEG for um, putting this lovely get- giveaway together. Mm-hmm. And then it is from Dailies, I believe, mm-hmm. the, the king yeah. cake itself. At least that's what I think your wrapping was. Yeah, except for the wrapping I- that had the instructions on it, I think yeah. was from Dailies. So thank you, Dailies. Listen, I'm all over the map. Uh, I'm just right now dreaming of Fat Tuesday. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm gonna look up when mm-hmm. Fat Tuesday is next. Yeah. Year. Apparently, the one who finds the baby has to buy the next king cake. Mm. Mm. Bad like news. So, Easter's uh, Easter's late next year. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Easter's not until April, which means Fat Tuesday, the day before Ash Wednesday, is March 5th. Yeah, and, and mm. just for but the timing, Ash Wednesday and Valentine's Day fall on the same day. That does not happen very often because no. it's usually further down the calendar, like Mia's talking about. Mm. So uh, there'll be some, some Valentines uh, with ashes on their heads tomorrow because they'll go to church and 
Oh, okay. Fast. I've seen that. I, I, that that's because of Ash Wednesday. Yep, Ash Wednesday. Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. yep, yep. Gotcha. Uh, and so tomorrow, <clears throat> they'll meet. And so TLD and I, that's lovely terrible. Diane, I'll make her for Valentine's. Just a nice piece of I didn't think black about and that. fish or grilled fish or something. I'm glad we opted mm. for Italian now yeah. tomorrow, yeah. now that I'm putting two yeah. and two together. Yeah, there you go. Good so call. you can go with a nice yeah, we'll be got something like that. Yeah, we'll be okay. I was going to get lasagna yeah. anyways, but yeah. I'll just do eggplant and everybody will be kosher. Yep, you'll be perfect. All right, 641-1010. You get a text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Go to YouTube as we keep this going just a little bit. Now, I want to bring this up because this time a year ago, this team was on the short list of watch out. They're coming. Would you Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. 2023, mm. Jacksonville was one of the darlings, the surprise teams. I know the Detroit Lions were on there. I know a few other ones. Detroit's obviously coming back this year because what did they do? They've been able to deliver. They took it all the way to the NFC Championship game. Guess who else is on the short list right now? The Houston Texans. Mm. Why, Leon? Why are the Houston Texans on the short list? Well, they won a division. C.J. Stroud's playing pretty good. Yeah. They're the media darlings right now. Yeah. The favorites to go in the, go in the AFC and win the South. Yeah, I was Right where up. we are a year ago. I was setting you up for that. They took our lunch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> they took our lunch money. Yeah. Absolutely. And the Indianapolis Colts are also up mm-hmm. there. Because what did they do? They played right to week 18 with a chance playing the Houston Texans to make it to the postseason. Mm-hmm. Not that I want to pivot here, and we'll have the quarterback whisperer in at some point in the next week or so. And this is with all due respect to Anthony Richardson, but like he's coming off of a significant, significant elbow shoulder injury mm-hmm. yeah. and surgery. And I have seen from multiple national outlets that, you know, as long as AR is healthy, that like the Colts are about to, you know, be on a rocket ship to the moon. And I think there's a lot of Gator fans listening to the program right now at a test. As long as Anthony Richardson is healthy, I know he looks great on the Instagram video he posted the other day of him working out here in Jacksonville, but, mm-hmm. like, that's a big if. I mean, Trevor took him aside week one and was like, dude, you have so much talent. Stop risking your body unnecessarily. Well, I think it takes some guys, <laughs> they, 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 they figure it out sooner than later, and then they're smart the rest of the way. Others, they figure it out later than sooner and end up getting banged up. Well, here's the thing. One or two things could happen. I mean, this year might be his actual learning curve. He might have to, like, restart. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year, you know, he was going to be the starter, and things happened, and he put his body at risk, and he got hurt, and he was able, he was able to watch the game on the sideline. That might help him a little bit, but he's still got to transition into playing NFL football. I mean, you, you can watch it from the sidelines as much as you want to, but there's no thing like experience. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely – there's no substitute for experience. So, I mean, but I, I think he may have gotten better watching the game, watching the adjustments that Gardner had to make with this formation, this blitz, all that kind of stuff. But watching the game, playing the game, still different. Yeah. Which brings us to what 859 brings up. Thanks to Gardner, when AR comes back, they are taking a step back. I'm not saying that because I do think when healthy, Anthony Richardson can be as dynamic as any player in the National Football League. But let's talk about the Gardner factor in all this. I mean, if you're the Colts – are you re-signing Gardner Minshew, who was signed to a one-year deal? Well, I'll give I'll give G a lot of credit for doing something that some people looked and said, "What? Why would you do that?" Versus a three-year deal with more money. And the classic line, at least Flint and and, and all of them basically said it. Uh, G's betting on himself, uh, and it wasn't like they were betting against AR, but the guy went through an entire college career with injury history. And so mm-hmm. if you are playing, you know, kind of reading yeah. the, the tea leaves saying, you know what, I might have – and, and he knew the offense, so if he stepped yeah. in, he'd look okay. 
Yeah, but I'll be surprised if Gardner signs and, and wants to be a backup after he's been no, a starter. All over. But betting on himself for a oh, one-year yeah. deal yeah, means absolutely. he might be able to go somewhere. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I would be. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he would come back to, to Indianapolis if he knows he don't have an opportunity to start. Yeah. I think that he got a taste this season of what he can do, and he was successful. Yeah. We, say what you want to say. He's a, he was a Pro Bowler. Mm-hmm. He was a Pro Bowler when it's all said and done. All right, so I think that he would probably go somewhere where he feels that he can compete. I don't know what his options would may be. You got to look at some teams out there that that need a starter. Well, Vikings, mm-hmm. you can I don't start. Know, they don't around. know what they're doing. They don't with know Kirk. what Kirk, Kirk Cousins. That might be an opportunity for him right there. You know, I mean, I'm sure his agent's going to do his due diligence. But I, if I'm guarding the Minshew and I had the success that I had during last season, and I'm a Pro Bowler, I'm going to shop. I'm going to shop my talent somewhere else, like yeah. LeBron. Yeah, you can't help but look around and start to think like. The Atlanta Falcons, we don't know exactly what's going to happen yeah. with them. Uh, there's been a big discussion here of late with Justin Fields. If he gets bounced out of Chicago, would he go to Pittsburgh? I, I don't know whether that's an option for Gardner or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Wilson might be sitting out there. So there's a handful of other big names. And Gardner's going to have to fight the same fight he's had to fight his entire career. Well, Wait for the opportunity, step but, up, and be ready. But but the, the fact that Gardner has he keeps a chip on the shoulder is the reason why he's still in the league. Kept him hungry because because ever since he's been wherever he's gone, well, even in his in colleg- collegiately yeah. when he was at Alabama, he had to go to wherever he, Ohio, to Washington State. And all yeah. that. he had to, he had to carry a chip on his shoulder, being a six round pick, you know, coming here behind Trevor. I mean, all that kind of stuff. That's what keeps you in the league. You always got to have a competitive edge. True. Always. When you get comfortable in this league, guess what? That's when you go home. Yeah, it's true. I love hearing that. And so that's where they're at. The Indianapolis Colts are definitely going to be one of the mm-hmm. teams that te- people are talking about. Another team is thrown out there, the L.A. Rams. And you got to give McVay credit and Matt Stafford credit. Now, those two teams, or excuse me, those two individuals have won the Lombardi. They've hoisted that trophy mm-hmm. together as coach and quarterback, so it's not like it's anything new for them. But with a very different roster. Yes, yes. There isn't any more OBJs or Von Millers or Jalen's running around. Puka is running around now. Even when Cooper Cup was hurt, and you can go to, gosh, the guys they drafted along two, the two front. Atwell and Yeah, but uh, also the guys they drafted, the two defensive oh, yeah. linemen, Young and Gainer, those guys were big-time playmakers for, for, for the L.A. Rams. Mm-hmm. That's why, who is it, Les Snead out there. Gets a lot of credit for what he was able to do as far as turning things over mm. without any first-round draft picks for, it seemed like, forever. So the Rams definitely would qualify. Who else would you put up there as an upstart team? Jacksonville's got to get back in this conversation. That's where we are. I think they can. I, I And I've said this, I think, a couple of times. I'm not sure if I've been as vocal as maybe I should be. The Jags are treading in that weird territory of the Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. where you're in the conversation – we see what you can become. We saw in the early months of this season. And mind you, Tua Tagovailoa proved me wrong. He stayed healthy the yeah, entire he season. Me too. I did, I'm, I'm in that camp. Did not see that coming. Kickboxing class, right? Yeah, no, yeah, jujitsu. Jujitsu. That's what it's all about. Yeah, you is. learn how to fall properly. There you go. Uh, yeah, I think everybody should take that. That's just mm-hmm. a good way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Miami Dolphins fizzled out at year's end. They had injuries, especially defensively, mm-hmm. that were a big factor in why they couldn't generate a pass rush. We know that Tyreek Hill wasn't 100% by season's end. But even before those injuries, Leon, I felt like beginning of December, the machine that was the Dolphins, and granted, they had a very difficult schedule that final month of the season. It was the same old song that we've seen the last three years, just minus the Tua injury. And so I think that's where the Jaguars are kind of – that's the scary part. You are talked about, but you're not talked about as this is the the dark horse team. 
this is the team that's going to be competitive and we're going to have flashes from them where we're like, wow, they're awesome. They could maybe make a run. And then we know that come season's end. Well, yeah, well, they don't have a stable in the barn. That's the way I look at it. If I look at the Detroit Lions, I have a feeling with the coaching staff and the personnel that they have, they're going to be consistently competing in the NFC. And and I think the teams like Jacksonville and like Miami, they're like bewildered. You 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 you're not sure. You know you you're not sure if you get as far as stable in the bar. You're not sure if you got a Philly or you got a stud. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, they have a gelding. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They're somewhere in the middle right now. But a team like Detroit, you know, you know, you yeah. got for years to come. Now they can prove me wrong. They can come out there and fizzle next year, whatever. But I don't see it. When I when I saw that team in that championship game, which, by the way, they should have won, mm-hmm. that championship game, they just looked rock solid with, with the coach and the identity and the culture and what they want to be. That They just got stability. The, they do. the Dolphins and the Jaguars are just like, man, what do I do? I have a – what do you call that, gelding or yeah, a stud? Yeah, well, I was going to say, you don't want to yeah. be the gelding in yeah, that Yeah, you don't want to be the that gelding. That means you've no. been deflexed. Uh, yes. You've been – you know, your avas have been lopped off. Yeah. And so the thing is, is that you go to Miami and uh, Jacksonville. A year ago, Trevor made you believe mm. when Tua was being questioned. This year, Tua isn't being questioned, and Trevor is. Right. And so it's just it, – it, Exactly. It, it mm. goes in one direction or the other. And, and Doug Peterson and Mike McDaniel both viewed as very good offensive minds. But they got to get it – well, the, both of them have to get it right to take that next step. So let's take this exercise a step further. We always know, and this those are some of the trendy picks. Mm-hmm. We'll call those the trendy picks. Yeah. We always know there's at least one team in the National Football League that goes from worst to first. We saw the Houston Texans do yeah. it this past year. We saw the Jacksonville Jaguars do it the season prior. Here are the teams that finished in last in each of their respective divisions this year. Which of these teams, Leon, would you say I could see them back at the top? And Now, some of these akin to the Baltimore Ravens when Lamar Jackson was hurt a few years ago. Mm-hmm. You're going to be like, oh, well, duh. Mm-hmm. The New England Patriots. The Cincinnati Bengals at nine and eight finished in last would be one, in yeah. the AFC North. Yeah. The Tennessee Titans, the Los Angeles Chargers, mm-hmm. the Washington Commanders, the Chicago Bears, the Carolina Panthers, and the Arizona Cardinals. Well, my two picks will be uh, will probably be the Chargers and the Bengals. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It gotta be. I mean, and you got to jump in on the coaching hire. Yeah, coaching hire, and then you you you're dealing with both both quarterbacks who had issues, mm-hmm. significant issues that bothered them. Well, Joe Burrow, I mean, was out for the whole season because of his thumb issue, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, Herbert, he had his own issues with his mm-hmm. fingers. Yep, his well, fingers. they basically yep. both shut him down towards yeah. the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Because Burrow got hurt basically the game, I think it was the game before they came here because Jake Browning's first start on the road was here. Mm-hmm. Might have been two games or whatever. It was right there around Thanksgiving that Burrow got hurt, and then Herbert was shut down just a little bit after that. But, yeah. It's those two quality quarterbacks and now bringing Jim Harbaugh back mm-hmm. in. Uh, and there was chatter that Jim Harbaugh has made enough money with this new contract that Andy Reid stepped up and at least I'm, I'm, I'm thinking through certain channels, let the Kansas City Chiefs know that they don't – he's not sitting well with the idea that he's the fourth highest paid coach in the mm-hmm. AFC West. He's the fourth highest paid. In the West? In the West. Wow. Harbaugh yeah. got him a new deal. Yeah. Sean Payton came there a year ago mm-hmm. and got more. And I'm not quite sure what Antonio Pierce is getting, but we'd have to look it up. Yeah. But anyway, he doesn't like that. And so he's already said he's coming back. But 
I don't care if you're making a lot of money, it still matters, especially when you want back to back Super Bowl. Uh, how long how how long does he want? I mean, we're talking three, we're talking five, we're talking ten. I don't know. They probably would give him uh, uh, I would think. Uh, uh, do you see Andy Reid ten years playing coach with the Chiefs? He's only sixty six. He doesn't look. He doesn't look like he was going. Only sixty six. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ten yeah. years. I, I think. I think the further you get along, the the more you say only. Yeah. Uh, but my guess is is that he would be in a great situation for the next four years. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, what I'm seeing. Well, you got to compensate him. You got to make him. You got to at least make him the highest paid guy in his division. In his division. Come on now. All right, I got to look up and see where Antonio Pierce is. They I, don't have it. Yeah. So it, there was like rumors out that it was only a two-year deal, and they're trying mm-hmm. to debunk that. The Raiders are so. Yeah. It's it's on the lower end of the NFL for sure. Right. Right. I would assume Andy Reid makes more than him. Mm-hmm. All right. So originally the king cake uh, was brought in on January 6th in honor of the Epiphany or the twelfth night, which is when the kings arrived in Bethlehem and they delivered their gifts uh, to the baby Jesus. And so that's where the king cake originally started. And then New Orleans picked it up and said, we can turn this into a party. We can turn this into Fat Tuesday. Of course. Uh, and so they kept it going. Um, and so they uh, have now created the Louisiana-style king cakes uh, that uh, basically twisted into a ring and celebrated around this time from January 6th up until Fat Tuesday and Ash Wednesday. So I think we're going to cut into that bad boy. But just be listening mm-hmm. whenever you hear George Strait music. You know, caller number four automatically entered to win a pair of tickets to George Strait May 11th at Daly's Place downtown Jacksonville. Again, caller number four, as soon as you, not right now, Yeah. once you hear the George Strait music that J.J. will play momentarily, that's when you know 641-1010 is the number and to reach. it's actually at Everbank. Yeah, oh, it is at the stadium. You think yeah, that he's performing. Straight My bad. Like, like right I now, messed up the tweet then. <laughs> right now, the only one that's taking a back seat uh, that, that Chris Stapleton would take a back seat to, name like George Strait, because he's not the headliner in that, that, that big stadium concert. But be listening. We'll give you a chance to get hooked up. It's XL Primetime. And Texas is a place. I nearly love to be. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. So there's your first cue to call with George Strait as we are giving away tickets. George Strait, Chris Stapleton in concert in May at Everbank Stadium. So that's the cue to call. Caller number 4641-1010. You get in the drawing. We will give away those pair of tickets later on. But we said that's the perfect song that Big Search should be listening to. All my exes live in Texas uh, with George Strait. Because Leon's not the biggest George Strait fan. But I tell you what, he is a fan of the man that just uh, surprised you in studio when he walked in. Set, oh, absolutely. Set the scene for us. Well, Coach Campbell, I saw him peeking in, in and out the door, <laughs> and I was wondering, what is Coach doing right now? I, I, I was wondering why he just didn't come in. And then when we went to break, you know, he opened the door, and then he, you know, Don Solange, listen, I got I got Hurricane Royalty to my left and my right. Round of applause. <laughs> I, absolutely. I mean, I got the, you know, I got the great Dave Campbell over here, and I got the great Don Solange. <laughs> Over here, and listen, all I can remember about these two guys is how wonderful coaches they were at the University of Miami. But I still, daunting upon me is that one particular day when we ran them 16 110s. I told you how coach was. 
Coach Andre was even worse when he ran the one tens, boy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, hand behind the line, and he, I ain't gonna say the words that he said if you ain't make it. Boy. But he, there was some words that were exchanged. Listen, I remember my first day of practice. Right, you know, Coach Andre recruited me. Yeah. He recruited me at the University of Miami. Only played one year of high school football, but he saw something enough in me to where he offered me a scholarship, University of Miami. And you know, when I was there with my parents. It was nice, a gentleman. Him and my dad were like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were like brothers. They they got along so well. So the first day we had practice, right, at the University of Miami, I was a little nervous and timid. I didn't know what to do, right? So I, I go over to Coach Son and said, Coach, what do I do? He said, get your ass out there and work. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the honeymoon was over. The honeymoon was over. That is it. That is it. Hey, you here now. We got you. All right, now we're just going to say welcome to you first, and then Coach Campbell will tell the story. But but thanks for being here. And you saw the big smile on Big Search's face. You had the same kind of smile, didn't you, when you saw oh, him? Oh, I can't tell you how special this guy is. I yeah. mean, he's a you know the whole family. I mean, I got I got friendly with his dad, and I mean it's a, it's an unbelievable story. And then and Dave and I worked together, and yeah. you know we, we you know things happened when they all went to Dallas. I stayed back in Miami. My wife had a pretty good job. And, mm-hmm. I went back to high school, won a few state championships and things. So, you know, I just I just decided to stay. But these guys are special guys. When you go down the road with guys like that, it's special. Many good memories. So you yeah. had a chance to surprise him. Well, Donnie, yeah, that was great. Uh, listen, uh, Donnie was coming. Donnie and his wife Phyllis mm-hmm. and his uh, brother and si- sister and mm-hmm. brother-in-law right. uh, were uh, coming up. To, we were going to have dinner, and I said, "Listen, all I know how much." you mean to Leon. And I said, let's surprise him. Let's just, Mm -hmm. you know, I asked Don if he'd go on the show and and he he came on. But the one thing I want you to do is tell the story about your interaction with his dad when you came up to to offer him a scholarship. This is how the whole thing started. You know, I mean, Jimmy had put a little pressure on me to to recruit good players. You know, I mean, I was, and I was recruiting in North Florida, which Mm -hmm. is Florida, Florida State. And that was in the early 80s, so it was Miami Vice. So anyway, I, I'm friendly with Billy Gorky, who coached Leon. Mm-hmm. And I came in and watched some film. And I, I, you know, Billy set me up and watched the film. And I saw the film. I saw Leon play. I said, I got to have that guy. That guy's unbelievable. I said, how come you didn't give me his name? You know, and, and he went back and forth. So I was coming back to go to a game to see him and make sure he knew he had a scholarship at Miami. So I'm coming through the Orlando airport. And they have uh, shoe shine stand there, and these guys are shining shoes. And then there's this guy sitting next to me in the other chair, mm-hmm. has a blue suit on it with a blue shirt and a tie, and he has a walkie-talkie. I didn't know who he was, and so the and I had my UM stuff on. And so the shoe shine guy says, uh, "You coach it to UM?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "I'm going to watch a kid now." I said, "We're offering him a scholarship at Miami. This guy's a stud." I said, "Where are you going?" I said, "I'm going to see an Evans game. I forget who they were playing. Might have been playing West Orange or somebody." I said. Going to see Orlando Evans and watch this guy, and uh, I'm going to tell Gorky that uh, this guy has a scholarship. He says, "Who's that?" I said, uh, "Kid named Leon Searcy." This guy next to me goes, "That guy can't play, man." <laughs> Look at the guy. I said, "What?" I said, "What are you talking about? He can't play." And I'm still I'm talking about Leon. Every time I say, "You're making a mistake, man. You don't don't recruit him." He said, "Don't recruit that kid." I said, "What are you talking about?" I said, "I, I said, you know this kid." He says, yeah. I said, who are you? He says, I'm Leon Searcy Sr. (laughs) (laughs) And so I said, I can't talk to you, man. I said, that was against the rules. He says, says, forget that. We went up and had a cup of coffee. And from then on, his dad and I were just like that. 
It's just such a great story. Now, pair that up with you and your father telling you, Leon, that he didn't think you could go to Miami. Well, well, yeah, well, he, he, well me and my dad, uh, when I started playing football, me and my dad became even close. Mm-hmm. I only played one year. And it was like the third week. It was, like, it was 1986. I, always, I had this actually in my book. 86, um, it was September or something. Miami, number one, uh, Oklahoma versus number two, Miami. Yeah. All right, so – I, re- I remember my dad saying, hey, come and sit down and watch this game with me because it was a noon kickoff. It was a noon kickoff. I had just finished doing my chores or whatever. I had been like in my third game of the high school season, and it wasn't re- any real school, only a couple of schools that were recruiting me, right? So we sat down and watched the game, and Miami won the game. Miami beat Oklahoma, right? So my dad, I got up right then and there, and I said to my dad, because I saw how excited my dad was watching Miami football. And I, I hadn't been recruited by Miami yet. So I told him, my dad, right after I got up, I said, hey, man, huh? I said, I'm about to, I'm going to University of Miami. He said, what? I said, I said, I don't know how, but I said, I'm going to start training to get myself ready for when University of Miami comes to see me. My dad was like, well, you know, son, you only play when you're in high school football, you know. You know, he was trying, he was trying to, he was trying to lower the bar for me when I had my bar high. I, I, so I said, well, it didn't matter what he said to me. I said, listen, I'm going, I got up right after that game and I went in that garage and I started training I, to, to get myself ready. And about four weeks later, Don Solid is knocking on the door. Yeah. And, and Miami's you know, recruiting me. It's unbelievable. I, I didn't know who he was, but he had a big time job at the International Bank. He was the head of all the hiring of making sure the, the racial equalities and the hiring. I mean, he had a big time job, you know. Sharp guy. Sounded like street guy when I first talked to him, you know, but <laughs> but he's really a sharp guy. And we we just became, I mean, super tight. There's one other story that, that was really cool. When they came down on their visit, and their family was tight. The mom, the dad, mm-hmm. his sister, is a, a doll, and him. And we had a place, Joe Kalbach's place on, off Miller. It's, it's maybe on 10 acres. He's a doctor. He's a doctor at Miami. Mm-hmm. And it has a racquetball courts and pool out back. And they had all some big-time recruits. And so I'm, I'm, I'm back there. We're back there with the recruits. I'm talking. And Leon's dad goes, yeah, coach, just come on over here. Because he just watches everybody, you know. Leon, Observing. Leon mm-hmm. Senior. Yeah, yeah. He says, uh, he says, you got, uh, he says, take us back to the hotel. We're going to pack and go back to Orlando. I said, I said, what are you talking about, man? He says, I've been watching Jimmy. Jimmy ain't even talked to Leon yet. And I said, wait a minute. I said, well, I'll take care of that. <laughs> I went over and talked to Jimmy, you know, and I kind of smoothed it over. But he was that way, you know. I mean, he, he's super observant. His dad knew people. And you couldn't fool his dad. You know, his dad is just, you know, he knows what's going on. And, and uh, of course, the, the rest is history. He gets on. And, and they wanted to actually move him to defense. That's how well he ran and, and stuff like that. And I think Tony Wise went in and started crying. Well, Tony, Tony uh, recruited <laughs> which is, yeah, yeah, That yeah, was the offensive line coach. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. But uh, he became uh, – rest is history. I mean, he's the best there was. I know? love that we're shining such a light on Leon's dad. Because yeah. we talk so much about your mom and the aunties who, of yeah. course, have sent us cookies and oh, what yeah. incredible mm. women they are with all the work at no, NASA no. and in Tallahassee. Um, we did just tweet out, in case you're wondering, the moment when Don walked into the studio to surprise Leon. So make sure you go on Twitter, Facebook. It's about to be on Instagram, too, and you watch that. But, Leon, for you to kind of – we'll wrap up this segment. We'll keep Don for one more. What does – when you see this guy – what does the first thing that comes to mind? What does it mean to you? I mean, family. I mean, that's the one thing. The one thing that's 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 a staple at the University of Miami is that we consider each other family. 
Uh, we're close. We're, we're close. We 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 celebrate other people's success, and we want. And, and the reason why Miami back then was so successful the way it was because coaching staff players cared enough about you to want to see you win. Mm-hmm. And if they felt like you weren't doing what you needed to do to win, then we got on you. Yeah. I mean, it is as simple as that. And it's funny because we have this joke, this running joke, Don. Uh, Don Salinger, the guy that recruited Leon Searcy to Miami, is with us, and Coach Campo is going to be hanging out with us in the 2 o'clock hour as well. But the the stories, the joke is stay in your era. Stay in your era because people will get on Leon and say, because Leon says that's the way it was. And so there was a quality of life and an expectation that came along with, with, with being You know, it's, it's hard to explain to people. You know, I, I, I've stayed there. I was born and raised in Miami, you know, and – and of course, Jimmy took six guys with him. To and Dallas. Donnie would have gone with us. I yeah. would have gone. He, he could have gone with us yeah. to Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and a matter of fact, I was in in Las Vegas with Jimmy. You know, right before they left, and he was start, he started asking me about what Phyllis was doing. Mm-hmm. She had her own mortgage company and stuff like that. And we and I just she she was super successful. And I said, ah, I'll just go back to high school. And he took six guys with him. But he called me when when Erickson let me go. Jimmy called me up. He says, Hey. I got a spot for you if you want to come. I don't mm-hmm. think they yeah. knew that, but he he right away. But it's 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 hard to explain to people how tight we were, mm-hmm. and we stayed tight. If Leon needs something, he can pick up a phone, call me anytime. Yeah, and it's yeah. done. He yeah. knows it, you know, and, and I feel the same way with him. That's that's the special part for and, sure. And I think as we get ready to do one more segment with you, I think that it's so interesting now where college football has gone, where high school football has gone, which you just wrapped up a career in those ranks. So I want to pick your brain a little bit about where football has gone from the 1980s when you're recruiting Leon Searcy to where it is now. But real quick, just to kind of wrap up the the Leon recruitment story, in this day and age to hear a high school football player to have played one year of high school versus in 19, what was it, 1987? 87, yeah. 87. I mean, even then, people probably looked at you twice. Like, this kid only has one year on tape, and you're going to offer him a scholarship to the University of Miami? You know, I never went off lists. You know, I, I followed guys from their, you know, ninth, 10th grade year, and I, I have books. I didn't have the computer at that time. You know, it was a little bit different. So I had books and lists of names. I had anywhere from like 180 to 200 names wow. of the schools that I recruited, and I would wind up recruiting maybe four guys out of that 200 that I thought could play at Miami. But when I saw Leon, I mean, it, it just popped off the screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's not, you know. And the one play that, that was a counter-tray type thing, Billy ran the eye, and it was a counter-tray, and the guard kicked, and Leon turned up, hit one guy, knocked him, and just guy rolled, and then he went downfield, <laughs> hit a safety. And I mean, I said, damn, you don't see guys doing that. You, know, yeah. you don't see guys doing that. And he could run, tough, big, smart, you know, it was, hey, had to do it. And I wasn't a Jimmy guy, really. Jimmy has a little click. Mm-hmm. Of guys. Neither am I. Yeah, yeah. And, and neither was Dave. Dave came from Syracuse, right, Dave? Yeah. I think yeah. he came from Syracuse. Yeah. And, you know, we, you work your way in. But Jimmy's a great guy, though. I mean, the great guy to work for. I mean, he, he's the best. And and he loved it. I mean, you know, I, I, I started recruiting. So I, I recruited about four or five, six number one round draft choices. That's beautiful. Just to finish this off, yeah. I know you yeah. got to go to break. but uh, And the one thing about Jimmy was, mm-hmm. and you've heard me say this, he trusted – his coaching staff 
yep. to make recruiting decisions. When we went to Dallas, he didn't trust scouts. He trusted us. Yeah, cause so if you, going yeah. to the next segment. Yeah, because if you're looking at that player, you know what you like to see in right. a player. That's, right. that, that's the right. evaluation that's the most important. All right, we'll keep it going. Uh, Don Sollinger, the guy that recruited Miami, uh, Miami Hall of Famer, Leon Searcy, who's also a Hall of Famer uh, that was just recognized recently. We'll keep it going. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota Tuesday. It's XL Prime time. Never saw the end in sight. Fools are kind of blind. Thought everything was going all right, but I was running out of time. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. We may have a special guest in the studio, but the giveaway is still going on. JJ, remind the people. Which I is that just me or the phone lines just light oh, up there? Oh yeah, they, and well, they, they had a George Strait commercial that aired like 30 seconds ago. Of course ago, we so did. People were thinking that's the cue to call, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, call right now. Be car number four, and we'll put you into the drawing. We're going to be doing this for uh, about an hour more on the show because we have a pair of tickets to see George Strait, Chris Stapleton, and Little Big Town live at Everbank Stadium May the 11th. So be car number four right now at six four one ten ten. Yeah, they'll go in the drawing, and I saw George Strait in the arena and he was big then obviously he could have sold out more than that that's why they have the stadium show now but little big town saw them in the aug and then chris stapleton you know, you don't nothing else needs to be said so it will be a huge huge concert that's for sure and we have dug into the king cake in honor mm-hmm. of the king george <sighs> Strait. coach campo don Sollinger joining us in uh in diving into this king cake we're enjoying it so far boys it's good yeah, yeah. delicious oh, yeah. absolutely yeah. Too good. It's Delicious. good. Too good. Yeah. It is good. That's the first time I've ever had it. Yeah, I've the King Cake uh, in, in honor of Fat Tuesday, and you have Ash Wednesday tomorrow. So Mardi Gras will come to an end. <laughs> They've been partying there uh, in New Orleans for a long time. So let's move past the, the Leon recruitment story. Let's talk about what we were just talking about off the air, gentlemen, which is once Leon gets to Miami, 1987, 1991, you look at that whole run with Jimmy, even beyond that, it was a certain type of player, a certain type of human that you guys were recruiting. And Leon has said this multiple times, even now with, I'm sure for you guys, it's emotional to see Mario now at the helm of Miami Mm -hmm. and my, and, and Mario has shared with us, he wants to get back to that. But today's player is different. And Don, you just got done coaching in high school, a long run there. What is it like for you to have recruited a certain type of player like Leon and now looking at the player in this day and age who's going to the University of Miami, going into the college ranks. Well, it's really tough. You know, I was at, I was at this thing. Uh, I was telling you guys about getting in the Hall of Fa- High School Hall of Fame. Uh, they voted Walt Frazier and I. High school coaches down there pretty successful. And they were doing a Dayton Broward All-Stars. And I was sitting next to Jordan Lyle, who they just, they just decommitted from Ohio State and, and got him. And he seems like the old-time guy. You know, when I was talking to him, he says, I just want to compete. He says, I'm, I'm about competition. And that's what our guys were about. When they got there, they knew that they, if they were going to make it, they had to compete because they they're every, at every position, there were good players. But I, I gave a speech there. I think Sean Taylor or somebody came back from a rookie symposium and they gave him a thing, and there was a statistical thing about it's like an isosceles triangle. There's like 95,000 kids that start out playing high school ball. 
there's 65,000 kids that play. The next step is 65,000 in college. Mm -hmm. The next step, 6,000 get looked at by the pros, only 6,000 on that step. That's how quickly. And, and then there's 300 and plus guys that are, that are being maybe that'll get a shot at play, playing. And then at the, when you get to the top of that triangle, only 140 guys play four years or more in the pros. So you better, what are you going to do to get there? It's not how much money am I going to get. Or you better have a work ethic. You better know what you're doing. You better get after it. And that's the kind of the speech I gave to the kids that were sitting there. Matter of fact, the kid that's going to Ohio State, the receiver that's going to mm -hmm. Ohio State, it's a stud. He looks like Andre Johnson. He's bigger. He's actually mm -hmm. bigger than Andre Johnson. Wow. And he's, he's a stud-looking guy. But these guys, are, are if they're concerned just about their money and things like that, that isn't going to help them. You know, they got to have some kind of work ethic and, and yeah, you know, it, the right character. It's so funny. Uh, Don Solinger, uh, coach at Miami for a long time, recruited Leon. He's with us hanging out. The, the, the thing they put it in order, they think they're going to get the money first before they put the work in. And you have to reverse their brain, don't you? You have to convince them the only way you ever get the prize is through the hard work. Hey, give me the money first, and then I'll do your job. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind what of the mindset that, right that's now. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, They're getting tons of money, these guys. These yeah. guys are making tons of money. I don't know exactly what, yeah. but it's well, coach, the money first. Well, Coach always references to, a, to, to two lions. You got one lion in the zoo and one in the jungle. The lion in the jungle knows that every morning he got to get up. If he, don't, if he don't hunt, he don't eat. Mm -hmm. All right, the lion in the zoo. He know periodically he's gonna get. He's looking he at goes, his watch. He's, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna eat about this time. Whatever. <laughs> so where's the hunger? Where's the desire? You know what I'm saying? Yep. The That's best true. thing that happened to me when I was at University of Miami is that I was never comfortable. I absolutely was never comfortable. Jimmy had created an environment where if you didn't compete, you didn't eat. For mm -hmm. real, you 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 would starve to death after live. You didn't compete. You weren't eat. Let's Need to get, put that on a t-shirt. I right. like that. Let's get uh let's get That's Don's it. take on Doctor Claude because <laughs> Doctor Claude, right? Your uh who Claude. Oh, you talking about Claude Jones? Yes. Yeah, Claude. What? Claude. Well, Claude. Yeah, well, he's Doctor Claude Jones now. Yeah, I mean, right. he's, we talk he's, about Doctor Claude a lot, who was obviously the number one recruit. He was in Leon's class. Also goes to the University of Miami. Mm -hmm. Highest regarded tackle. Eventually had to move inside because Leon emerged as the go-to guy, and then obviously Mario on the opposite side, and has gone on to a very illustrious oh, yeah. doctoral career at oh. the Cleveland Clinic, right? Oh, absolutely. He's he's one of my best friends. He's one of my best friends. When Claude and I came out in nineteen in, in nineteen eighty six, Claude not the number one offensive lineman in the country. He was the number one recruit right. in the I country. Was say that yeah. he went to Dillard High School. He had yeah. won the state champion. He was the number one recruit. And every every one of my visits I went to, it was like. Uh, you know, it was like Caesar was on my visit. <laughs> they rolled out the red carpet. When we went to Florida State, they rolled out the red carpet for me. He had two women on his arm. I'm like, my dad was like, you know, that's Claude Jones. I'm like, damn, I can't get a break around here. Yeah. His dad, his dad called, talked to me a few times about that one. You know, he says, it's Leon. And, I, and Leon winds up being the guy. You know, I mean, I, I, I it, it was uh, his his career is a storied career. I think. You know, I mean, he just. He just put his nose to the grindstone, rolled up his sleeves, competed. I didn't know how competitive he was going to really be. I knew, I just knew he was good. Well, let's tie it to now because we always ask Leon, you know, kind of give us a, an idea of what's in the competitor. Pat Mahomes is that guy with that DNA right now, and he's 
drawing MJ comparisons and stuff like that because of how he can will a team. Uh, what is so special when you see a guy like that that oh, can do what he does? Well, you know, even the bump that that Kelsey gave uh, mm-hmm. Andy Reid. Andy Reid. You yeah. know, my sister-in-law called me. and says, "What would you do if he did that to you?" I said, "I probably punched him." I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then no, hugged but, him afterwards. But, but yeah. you know what? It's a little bit different. There's that was a competitive thing yes. to me. I, when he did that, he's like, "Hey, I'm I got one catch. Come on, throw me the ball, man." Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin. Huh? He was the same, same exact way. way. And that's the way. That's the that's the culture that was built at Miami. He, he you know, you explain it, but like he said, you're never comfortable. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. gotta fight for what you get, you know, and you gotta fight all the time. And and the winning's great on the end, but you know, you got to get up the next day and you're fighting again. Yeah. That, that lion, yeah. man, that's in the jungle. You just and that's the way it is. And you talked about in my running back room when I was coaching, mm-hmm. you know, it was. You, you, it was sitting there. It was Clinton Portis, Willis McGahee, uh, uh, Frank Gore. I mean, it was just one guy right after the other that all played pro ball, that all did it. You know, I said, when, when am I getting the ball? Mm-hmm. I said, I said you're going to get it. I said, don't screw it up. <laughs> I said, <laughs> yeah, screw it up. Somebody's waiting. right there you know, waiting a, for you. And yeah. that's really you the know? difference right now because you got the portal and everybody, if they don't get the number of carries they that's think right. they should, yeah, they go. Right. There's a kid at the University of Miami. I might have told this story before. Herbert James. Mm-hmm. Herbert James was a DB that came in there as a freshman. He spent five years there. He was a special teams guy for four years. The fifth year, he started a corner on a national championship wow. team in 1991. Yeah. Just kept that's an example. That's an example of that no, kind of a yeah. of a kid yeah. is what what you're mm-hmm. looking for. It's that funny guy. that you mentioned him. He played at my high school. I just got he, I got him a job several years ago. He's played down at Carl Shores. He's coaching yeah. at Carl Shores. Yeah, you, he's a classy kid. He played linebacker at our high school, but played yeah. uh, you know we played a lot of two deep, and he was a jam and you know was yeah, a corner, but he was a hell of a ball player. Yeah. Good kid. Yeah. Uh, so, so finish us off with this, Don, Mario. Mia mentioned Mario. What do you think of what he's done? How close is he to making that, you know, that, that big turn of the corner, uh, bringing back Kane's ball? Because you do still live in South Florida now. I'm right. I never moved. I never yeah. left my house. So you, yeah. you have a front row seat. Yeah. You have a front row seat to Mario. I'm, I've been waiting for him to call. Matter of fact, I ran into Mario at, uh, at a uh, uh, Palmetto Columbus game. He asked me to come in. I was a special teams coordinator when Hester and those guys played, and Hester's getting in the, in yeah, the league. Yeah, all of And we, we were four touchdowns better than Virginia Tech. Nobody talks about it, but we were good in special teams. I mean, really good. Mm-hmm. So he asked me to come in to talk to the special teams guys who do a pretty good job. They're pretty good in special teams. I just think the punt return is a, where you can score, and you gotta you got to put some pressure on people in that, that, that area, and that's the only thing mm-hmm. I try to help them with. But I'm right there. I mean, all you got to do is call. I would go in. I, you know, Mario knows. I, if he picked up the phone and said, hey, I need something, mm-hmm. I'd be right there. I'm only 12 minutes from campus. But he, it's, it's, a different, it's a different landscape. That's all I can tell you. It's not the same thing. You know, they recruit like crazy. This is not recruiting. There was an end date in February on recruiting. Right. They recruit 365. They're bringing the kids in on a transfer report. They just lost Alonzo Highsmith. Yeah. Smith yeah. came just back. Went to the NFL, and just went, right? uh, Patriots. New England. Yep. Patriots. Going, I think he's going to New England. You know, I visited him at Green Bay. I mean, I stayed tight. I, I've stayed tight with Alonzo and all the guys. I mean, we stay tight with you. I hadn't seen Dave in a long time. I mean, we just that's the way it is. And and he was doing all the transfer portal stuff. You know, he was looking at kids. 
and and evaluating him, giving it to Mario. But it, but it's funny, you know, Mario went away, and I say he got a sabbatical going to Alabama, and then you know he was at Oregon. Does a great job recruiting. But the thing that that that's not happening. We took players, guys like Leon, who was maybe the top list guy, mm-hmm. and we developed talent. That's mm-hmm. that's what we did. You develop players, and for some reason, I don't know if it's a transfer portal, guys aren't developing the way they right. should be developing. Right. That's and real. That bothers me. So, I, and if you're not on the end, if you're not right there inside watching what goes on every day, it's hard to criticize. Mm-hmm. But as an observer looking out on the outside. I want to see that talent being developed, and when they get in, in crunch time situations, you got to turn the trick. You got to make make the play, otherwise you ain't going to win. Yeah, which reminded you before we, you you need to say goodbye <laughs> to your coach the way you were telling the story earlier, how he would get into you just a little bit. You know, that's the type of atmosphere that was created, and, and maybe a well, coach. Run, I'm not going to say running scared, but a little hesitant to do that now compared to back then. Well, I mean, yeah. I, when I when I came at, at the University of Miami, I. I I didn't think about the pros. My, 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 I came in with the mindset that I wanted to be the best, best Miami Hurricane I could possibly be. Yeah. And, and whatever I needed to do to sacrifice to be that. I told you, I tell you this all the time. When I first went, and I, on our freshman orientation, when I went into that weight room and it was like a biker gang up in there, it scared <laughs> the hell out of me. It really did. I'm walking in there, I, Lewis Cristobal got his shirt all cut off and all the guy, muscles everywhere. And I walked out of there and I said, bro. I said, whatever you do, you say. I just say to myself, man, I'm gonna go full speed at whatever I do, yeah. everything, and, and it worked out for me absolutely. But yeah. I tell people all the time, I learn how, I'm, I'm, I learn how to be a champion at Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take a look That's at Russell Maryland. Russell, mm-hmm. Maryland. Mm-hmm. Russell Maryland was the same way. He came in and and in his grades, his stomach was hanging over. Four hundred pounds, I think. <laughs> and when Randy Shannon took him outside. They'd be working out. I'd be coming to work, and he'd be out there. I'm looking, and it's Randy Shannon and Russell Maryland running. I mean, we we had we had special people, special coaches, yeah. special players, great rapport, you know, with each other, mm-hmm. and and the bottom line is winning, you know, winning games, and 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 that's what happens, and I, and I don't see that happening now. Yeah. You know, we rented, we have a house in South Miami, right across from from UM, mm-hmm. and Bryant McKinney was in the house, Shockey was in the house, Winslow was in the house. Calais Campbell was in the house. They all were there, you know, and they were the right kind of people, man. They were good people, hard workers, and they wanted to win. And they were they, they were street guys that wanted to get it right. Exactly. That's the way I think. Exactly. That's the way I call it. Yeah. Yeah. Like street Jimmy, guys that wanted to get it right. Like Jimmy said in my freshman orientation, he said, welcome to the University of Miami. He said, if you're not here to win championships, take your ass home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's simple. It, simple. Simple. Listen, uh, great stuff. We loved Mm -hmm. it. We appreciate it. Thank you, Coach. Enjoy your time up here with Coach Campo. I'm sure he's cooking up some great Italian meal for you, right? He's going to take you a good spot. We're going to Seasons 52. Oh, nice. Nice. Very nice restaurant. Excellent. All right, enjoy. Thanks, Coach. Yeah. Appreciate it, Coach. Yeah, yeah. You surprised me, man. And again, are you picking it through that door here? I mean, I was like, what's Coach up to? So he's got to be up to something. He's got to be up to something. The video of that surprise is on our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram page. You're going to want to listen to it with the sound up because yeah. the sound of Leon going, oh my God, is absolutely epic. Almost as epic as those George Strait tickets, which we are still giving away a pair of them in May at Everbank Stadium. Make sure you listen for the George Strait music, not the commercial. The music, be caller number four for JJ, and he will get you hooked up to be in the running for that pair of tickets. 
JJ had the music, had the open ready. He's like, hey, waiting for camps until 2 o'clock. He's here. He's got some king cake. Uh, and we stepped away from George Strait just to make sure you got a little Steppenwolf in your life. I saw I George Strait. I saw George Strait in uh, Texas Stadium. Oh, yeah. You know, they he uh, put a concert on there. He's that big really old good. cowboy hat. Oh, yeah. 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 He, big he old was boots. good. Are you a... Do you have a cowboy hat and cowboy boots? Uh, I I have cowboy boots. I yeah. don't have a cowboy hat. I have I don't wear hats. Really? So, no, no. That's why I had to have a little skin stuff taken off. He has to put sunscreen. I on don't either. care. I, you know, I don't. I'm a, but that's also why you got a good head of hair too. <laughs> I was about to say, can't cover up the beautiful locks. <laughs> got a good sure, head of hair. Uh, it, it was funny as as coach was walking out and the family was walking out and they're still going to be able to. Uh, they're going to go up to Fernandine and enjoy themselves, but they're also going to take a, a trip down to Everbank Stadium uh, and check out some things there be, uh, on the training side, which is cool. But the the stories live on. And I think that's – I'm looking at Coach and I'm looking at Leon with that. That's the beautiful thing about the history that you guys have had together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Coach. I mean, I mean, I mean, Coach Sons, I love him. I mean, if it wasn't for his recruiting me, you know, at one year in high school football, at high school, I don't know where my life would be. Yeah. And then – and for a school and that's like that's legit, they ain't, it's legit. Stuff up. they ain't making stuff up. And, and you got you got to remember also the, the caliber of talent that University of Miami was back in the day. They just didn't go fishing for anybody, right? right. You know, they went they they wanted to get the best of the best, or they wanted to get football players and develop them. The best thing about Miami back there, they got the best of the best, but they also got football players and they developed that. Okay, talent. so let me just ask this one question mm-hmm. based on what what Coach thought, Solinger thought mm-hmm. about what Mario's doing. They don't necessarily find the two-star coach. They don't find the two-star Leons anymore. Right. And I and I think that's the way it is everywhere now. Because of the media and all the stuff that's out there with the rivals and uh, you know whatever they are, I don't pay yeah. attention to right. them now. But all that stuff out there, it's a different landscape because mm-hmm. everybody's trying to to get the – they don't even look at a two-star anymore. You know, uh, there'll there'll be some three stars that, that they can see to develop, but most of them are going to be four and five stars. Hey, Billy Napier. Well, well, here's the thing. Well, here, but here's here's the thing. I mean, we didn't have five stars when I was playing. It was no, four that's stars. A, that's, yeah. yeah, yeah. So two stars are equivalent, probably to three stars now, since yeah, they have five maybe. stars or whatever. So I mean, you know, but you you know, you got to go out there. I mean, the five stars, the four stars are good. Absolutely, you need you need the cowbells of the team. So, but those those guys you can develop that love the ball game, football, those three star guys, they're just as talented. The I thought the thing, excuse me, yeah, just one yeah, second. I I thought that the thing that was brought up is that that you go you go look at somebody mm-hmm. and you know what you're looking for, and that's who you bring in. It really doesn't matter. Those stars don't mean anything to mm-hmm. me. It, it means you know, do they have what it takes to be part of our team? And that's. Yeah. I think that's a little missing nowadays. The only name that I could counter with as we talk about development and maybe dismiss guys is I go up to the University of Georgia and I think of Lad McConkey. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. when he started catching passes mm-hmm. three years ago, and I understand he was a three star, 187th ranked wide receiver in the yeah. country, mm. 126th ranked player in the state of Georgia. Right. And I remember people were like, who the heck is this kid? But Kirby yes. apparently went up and saw him and said, He's a ball player. And ditto to Jordan Davis, who was also a three-star out of Charlotte. And maybe it's no surprise that Georgia has won now how many national championships. Well, yeah, and I I always think of as soon as we talk about recruiting or just developing players, the classic Kirby Smart line, hard work works. 
uh, and I'll never forget it because that that is as it's the essence of what Leon had to go through to make himself better uh, in hard work works. But I don't want them to. I don't want them to. In other words, remember the big pile of the the highest rated people. You'd put them in there, and he may Leon may not have made it into that pile. Right in today's world, which is just crazy. Well, let's not forget that Ed Reed and Ray Lewis were two star recruits. Yes, too. yeah, that's something. Right, that is something. And they worked right. their tail off to be where they are right now. And yeah. Brock Purdy is uh, the Mister Irrelevant in the in exactly. the NFL. It's not an exact science, but mm-hmm. if you know what you're looking for, you know they made the decision. Uh, Shanahan made the decision that this guy was better than the guy that they gave away about four draft picks for. Exactly. So, coach. From a recruiting standpoint, and obviously, like I, we were saying to Don, like the game has changed in terms of recruiting from 1987 to where it is now. But when Leon describes that lion, the lion in the zoo versus the lion in the jungle. That's a great analogy. It's an amazing way. analogy. How do you identify that as a recruiter just from watching a kid on tape? Or is that why you have to go talk to the parents, you have to talk to the coaches, you have to talk to people as opposed to just watching the tape? You have to do it all. And, and the biggest thing is that, you know, the, the guys that are the best recruiters are the guys, in my opinion, that form relationships with the head coaches, with the area, mm-hmm. right? So that, you know, you could go to, uh, I, don't, I don't even know the high schools around here, but let's say you go to Nice, mm-hmm. and the guy from Nice tells you, hey, you need to go over to Ponte Vedra High. Right. And check because there's out. a kid over there. It's going to, you know, he, he will not be stopped. He, mm-hmm. He's playing from the beginning to the end. So it, it's, it's about everything that you have champions in the, that know champions when they yeah. see them. It's funny because I, I honestly, whenever I talk about recruits or whatever to anybody else who might be trying to get his kid noticed, whatever, the two things I think of is obviously Leon because it's a great story, and then a scout coming through uh, junior college baseball and Howie Kendricks was there. And right. Howie Kendricks is from the First Coast. And a recruit or a scout rolls up to look at somebody else and he goes, fine, you can take a look at him, but you need to pay attention to this kid too. Right. And you have to have people speak up. Absolutely. And, and I think that's what, with yeah. all of the, uh, you know, the, to find those guys is even harder because of all the things that were said about money first and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So, you know. Yeah. All right, uh, good stuff, uh, Leon. It was a nice surprise to was set up for you. It was. I appreciate so, it. So I love it. Uh, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. All right, I'm going to get another slice of this king cake. That king know. cake, man. Yeah, I, I haven't know. even had lunch yet, but I may need another slice, yeah, too. Yeah, I'm going to need another <laughs> It is good. It is good. And we had it delivered to us uh, because the big concert, uh, the king of uh, – Country, uh, George Strait, uh, along with Chris Stapleton, Little Big Town. Uh, they're going to be at Daly's Place. Did you say May 11th, JJ, uh, at, at Everbank Stadium? So we'll play at least at least two more country songs from George Strait, give you a chance to get in the drawing, and then we will draw the winner's name out. Uh, and in the meantime, we're going to eat some more of this king cake. Big Surf is out. Coach Campo in the 2 o'clock hour. She was storming through the house that day And I could tell she was leaving And I thought, oh, she'll be back Till she turned around and pointed at the wall and said That picture from our This is XL Primetime Brought to you by Florida Home AC Now that's cool On 1010XL Broken heart, Turned up so much love was made, just give it away. 
She said, just give it away. Just what, give it away. That's what country was built on right there. there ain't nothing in this house Broken hearts and illicit affairs. That's what it was built on. Let me tell you something. In the words of David Allen Coe, that's not the best country song. Because it doesn't have mama, getting drunk, <laughs> trucks, trains in it. Just great stuff. Tractors. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's <laughs> such, such great stuff. All right. Um, not David Allen Coe. George Strait. Uh, tickets uh, that we are registering our Duval Nooners for a chance to win. We're giving away a pair at the end of the show. At least a couple more times you hear George Strait songs. Uh, and you can be the fourth caller. Uh, JJ will get you in the drawing at 641-1010. But, yeah, George Strait. He had so many hits that if you were down and out, if you were sitting in a saloon somewhere, you probably wanted to put music in that jukebox and play you some old George Strait. That's for sure. All right, we got Coach Campo hanging out with us in the 2 o'clock hour as we talk ball. And we have been going back. we got to obviously get into the Super Bowl. But I want to go back to one real quick thing that when you and, and J.J. and me and I were all talking in the break, and it occurred to me with the – Transfer portal, NIL, everything that's going on. Will we ever see a world where James Jackson, Willis McGahee, Clinton Portis, and Frank Gore are all in the same running back room? Honestly, Coach. Yeah. I don't think it's ever going to happen. And it's because with the portal and everything, you know, these guys think that every one of those guys obviously thought they were going to play in the NFL. And they all did. Uh, And so if they're not getting the ball – they're going to try to go somewhere where they're getting the ball. Yeah. And, and it, that's a different not, – yeah. Not like right. later. I mean, nah. let alone yeah. the running back room. Yeah. Some of the names that Donnie was like rattling oh, off. Yeah. I'm just like yeah. – like all the people, like even when he referenced the house that they rented out to the students. Yeah. And it's like all these guys in Miami. And that's why, for those of you who, you know, may get upset when we talk so much Canes, when you look at the history from when Jimmy and company and Coach Campo first arrived in Coral Gables – to that early 2000s crew. Well, it, honestly, it started with Schnellenberger when they first right. proved they that they won, could win. Win the whole thing. And that was Jim right. Kelly and all right. them. But Jim then, Kelly. But then, but then when Jimmy got there, there's no question, it it, it had and that it was, meteoric rise It was. Again. Like, I mean, in terms of, uh, listen, other teams may have won more championships. Other teams may have had better college players in the 90s. But in terms of putting guys in the league between – what was Jim Kelly, 1978? In the mid-80s, yeah. or early 80s, yeah, 1980. Yeah. From there until 2002, yes. I'm not sure there's any other university that but, holds a candle. But what's so crazy, Coach, you would you would have to go Howard Schnellenberger, Jimmy Johnson, Dennis Erickson, Butch Davis, you know, to Larry Coker, right, right. and that's how many different guys were able to still go and recruit because that's the way recruiting was back then. Big old, uh, what, fence around – Dade County or South, whatever. South yeah. Florida, yeah, absolutely. South Florida. And, you know, the interesting thing about that also is Jimmy learned really the importance of the loyalty of the staff as well because when he got there, there were three or four other guys that thought they should be the head coach, and he oh, had yeah. to get rid of them. They, yeah. He struggled when he first got there, and he put his group together. Mm-hmm. And that's the way, you know, that – is part of it. You can hear the, them talk, uh, Leon talk about how important the coaching staff was as well. And, and it's a good point because with all that they got from South Florida, he was an outsider. Right. Jimmy was. Right. Yeah. He, he came from, uh, from the, whatever it was back then, big eight Southwest conference. And you came it was. from Syracuse. Yeah. 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 Well, he came you know, at the beginning, the first 
uh, year that Jimmy was there, two of his coaches left the press box before the game was over. Oh, wow. I mean, it was ugly. You know, they, they, and they came through the Schnellenberger mm-hmm. deal. So, you know, uh, he, uh, Jimmy could only bring one guy when he went in there, and it was Butch Davis. And Butch came with him from Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Then he added, added Tony Wise. Then he added this guy and that guy. And, and Gary Stevens uh, ended up, he was on that staff. He right. was one that he kept. And then he added Donnie Solinger. Okay. He added uh, Joe Brodsky and mm-hmm. these guys. You know, he, you. he put that together. Yeah, well, I was, yeah. Later. Uh, yeah. I was a little later, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. It really is something else. All right, so let's get to the Super Bowl. Let's spend a little bit of time on the Super Bowl, and then we'll tie it back to Duval. Uh you said a champion is a champion, until, and, and you were right. Uh, and I tell you what, I was once again even more amazed with what Pat Mahomes did because it looked like he was going to be harassed the entire game against that San Francisco 49ers front, and he figured out a way. Well, he's got tremendous poise. I mean, there's no question about it, and he's got tremendous will. You know, and I think he wills. There are some guys that can will games. That's true. But you have to add to it that the coaching staff in the second half did two things that the biggest one to me mm-hmm. was uh, Mahomes got hurt a couple times running quarterback sneaks. So they stopped running quarterback sneaks. Mm-hmm. And they actually stopped running pre-quarterback you know, runs, right. not scrambles, but quarterback runs. Well, two critical plays in the game, they ran the read option. And they did it because of Bosa. Mm -hmm. You know, Bosa was so active. When they tried to run the bootlegs at Bosa, Bosa had it. But when they ran the running, faked the running play, and he Mm -hmm. kept the ball, Bosa came down hard. And and then in the second half, Andy Reid, and again, I'm I'm blowing the coach's horn here now too, not just Mahomes, because Mahomes did a great job, obviously. But in the second half, they ran two critical plays, both of them what we call a mesh, mm-hmm. where guys cross each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first one he did with two tight ends, mm-hmm. wide open. Another one on third and five, he did it with two receivers. So my whole, whole point is, and then the final one was that corn dog motion. And, and listen, he set that up because the, the game before, the kid fumbled the ball coming across on the, on the jet. So he made it look like a jet sweep like and ran it right back. Corn dog motion. I like that's that. what I don't know why they call it that, but that's, that's what, what they it called is. It, yeah. I know yeah. corn dog motion. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, and, not and, shocking that Andy Reid has some type of food mixed in. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, yeah. In, the post, in the post game, he said to MJD, he needs him to come to camp and bring cheeseburgers yeah. with yeah. him. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Where? How did we land here? Yeah. Well, they they brought Andy in and out burgers. For the party, oh, right after, yeah, right you after could, the game. You could bet on that yes. uh, if it was a double, a triple, I mean, oh all kinds God. of stuff. All right, but go back. Uh, the one RPO that was real obvious was the idea that Kelsey can be a blocker or a receiver as, as Mahomes turned it up. So Right. right. And, and, and let me tell you something. Both those runs were critical. Oh, yeah. One was the fourth and one. I think the other one was – were they both fourth? No, one of them was one third. Was third, third. One. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I've been saying well, – we all have been talking about this – Mahomes has now become a design runner from Buffalo on. Yeah. And see, and really, for 60 games leading up to that, mm-hmm. okay, the designed runs, they only ran four. Okay. 
Okay. Wow. So yeah. it was kind of like when we went into the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. when I stole all the stuff from uh, LeBeau and, and whatever. We, you know, we ran a couple of them in, in the, one of the first playoff games. But they said, well, they're not, a, they're not a zone blitz team. And then in the Super Bowl, both interceptions all were off of a zone sudden. blitzes. So it's kind of the same thing. You pull out some stuff, and they, they did it. But Mahomes, uh, I mean, I'm never betting against Mahomes. I guarantee you, I may lose one. But I'm going to win more than I lose. We had the conversation yesterday, Coach, that so often we say halftime is only 20 minutes. I know it's obviously longer in the Super Bowl, but halftime is only 20 minutes. Do you actually have time to make halftime adjustments? It sure seems like they did on Sunday. Yeah, you do. You have time because guys in the press box are looking at it. They have every play diagrammed. and you know, I mean, every play, what you ran, what you did. Uh, when there's a bad play, they've got somebody going in that, well, you know, we don't want to run the this because they're doing this, whatever. Those things you meet as a coaching staff for about five minutes and you hash over all those things, and then it's the coordinator's responsibility. You gotta get to, to your guys to go right? in and, and and say a quick thing and get get they they go to their individual coach deals. And then you come back for a quick thing from the head coach, and then you're out of there. Yeah, so it I is pretty quick. The, now you got more time in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, because Usher, the Usher, setup and breakdown, Usher, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Usher, well, well said, Coach Usher. Usher. But I, I joke that the halftime adjustment was Travis Kelsey going to Andy Rico, and I'm sorry, Coach. Yeah. I didn't mean knock you over. Will you please yeah. tell me the football again? Yeah. Because he went off in the second half. Absolutely. And and that's a, a testament. Andy Reid had a great quote about that afterwards. He laughed it off. He said, it makes me feel young. It shows me that he's a winner. And I yeah. totally get it. But at the same time, I'm looking at it like, what the age, man? You oh, can't yeah. just come up and hip toss you. I, I know. it. And But that is the Michael Irvin. Yes. Yeah. I've seen it. I mean, uh, I got in an argument in an uh, NFC championship game with James Washington. Mm-hmm. We used to argue all the time. Well, I carried it on a little longer than it was supposed to, and Irvin happened to be walking by. He goes, hey, coach, relax, relax. You know, I mean, that's the that's way he great. was. He wasn't afraid to say anything to anybody. Yeah. So, so let's get to the big overarching conversation we've been having. And I actually, it was funny, we were talking about where do the Jags currently stand as we were talking about that, mm-hmm. I saw on the timeline that Pro Football Network and their Miami Dolphins reporter actually just penned a piece about where does this put the Dolphins kind of in the weird limbo of, like, if Mahomes is just going to rule the AFC forever, yeah, like, that's... where does this put you? Where do you feel like the Jaguars and those other teams in the AFC fit in if we're never going to bet against 15 ever yeah. again? Well, uh, first of all, I mean, he's he's now become the GOAT. Okay, yeah. it, because the other He's goat the is reigning gone. Goat. He's the reigning goat, but that doesn't mean they lost. They lost five games, right? Mm-hmm. He had a career high seventeen picks this year, or turnovers. Yeah. So, so my point is, I guess you don't worry about Mahomes. You worry about the team. What do we have to do to beat the team? You know, we need. Uh, we got to stop uh, their pressures. We've got to do this and that. Because your quarterback can have a day like that. You know, I think Trevor Lawrence, if he's right, can can take a ball with two minutes left and drive mm-hmm. the length of the field and win. So it's really more about the team that you're worried about. You know, I, I, you got to recruit to the team. And I, 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 I text Joe mm-hmm. uh, after the show yesterday yeah. when he said, well, you know, we've got to figure out a way to beat Kansas City. I said, hey, we better worry about staying ahead of – 
Houston, yeah, beat let alone Houston. Kansas yeah. City. you got to get through that first, and, and then you, you go to the next one. And you are not wrong because they are the flavor of the month or the flavor yeah, ex- exactly. of the season as one of the hot teams, which is where Jacksonville was a year ago. Yes. So let's tie it back to that because, honestly, this a time uh, when everyone was saying and hyping Jacksonville, yep. it's now been transferred to Houston and maybe even a little bit to Indy and the Rams and the Packers and the Lions. And Jacksonville is kind of the, you know, they're, they're left out of this conversation right. now and they need to figure it out. The other thing I wanted to ask you, and we'll get into it, is we talk about identity here and we really didn't have a true identity. Kansas City kept changing their identity the entire season right. and, they, and, the, and it worked because that's what good coaching is. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, there's no question that they've got really good continuity with their coaching staff too, other than the enemy. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the same group right. during this whole time. Uh, I think Spagnola came in what a couple, two years, three years ago, maybe. Oh, it's been a while. Now, four years, yeah. I think. Yeah. So. Four, yeah. four, yeah, because uh, the guy that was here was the coordinator right up until uh, till that, uh, San, uh, Bob uh, Sutton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So uh, the continuity is important. You know, you're going to lose players. But as long as you got the continuity of the coaching staff, and that was big for us in Dallas, we we had the same. That's when you know Barry Switzer came in, and Switzer said, "Hey, I'm not, I'm not changing something that's working." Right. You know, and it was the same coaching staff. So I think a lot of it is that's important as well. And and you have to make sure that when you lose some, they're going to lose some players. You know, when you when you're good, you lose players. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got to make sure that they don't. Uh, uh, you know, lose players, uh, use co- lose coaches, uh, and and uh, I think Dow or uh, Jacksonville, they're in a new era because they're starting. They're really to me, they're starting from scratch, but they're starting from scratch with a nine and eight record. Right, that's the difference. All they're right. not three and fourteen. Exactly. Let's stay on that. Uh, our coach, head coach Dave Campo, is in with us. You got a question for the coach, 641 1010. You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Don't forget Campo and Joe podcast coming up on Facebook and wherever you check it out at 3 o'clock. XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. We're being told this is your last opportunity to hear a George Strait song and enter, get in the running to win a pair of tickets for when the king comes to town May 11th at Everbank Stadium. JJ, tell the people how they can win those tickets. Six for one, 1010 right now. No. Caller number four. When you get the three, let me know because I'm going to call you. <laughs> I got you. That's what JJ said in the free show. Uh, yeah, he's I'm like, like uh, can somebody at the sales department here at 1010 uh, hook me and my brand new wife up with some George Strait tickets? Can Beautiful. We, can we have our cake and eat it too? Because we feasted on the king cake and now we're also going to yeah. keep your tickets And this too. is just not like your every day or every month brand new wife. This is one that's going to stay. Uh, stay with him. Well, like at the, the very, last song, yes. At the very least, they got to go to Italy in a few weeks together. <laughs> so uh, let's hope it's forever. Yeah. So uh, that's the last qualifier. JJ is is getting them right now. So if you're on the phone with JJ, then you know that you've got your chance to qualify. We will draw the winner's name of a pair of tickets a little bit later on. But listen, just be truthful right now. 
who hasn't used a country song as a pickup line, okay? Hey. Hey, baby. I ain't here for a long time. I'm just here for a good time. I mean, <laughs> how many times have you borrowed straight from country music a pickup line? Coach, I'm not even going to ask you to admit it. Oh, well, I have to admit it. Mine, mine is, I, I'm, I'm not as good as I used to be, but I'm good <laughs> as good as, one time as yep. I ever was. Yep. And Toby <laughs> Keith will live on. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Coach. Uh, <laughs> country music, we joked. Uh, it's kind of become our forte mm-hmm. here on XL Primetime. Lately, yeah. I mean, but even then, Beyonce is crossing over into the country charts these days. So maybe that's a, maybe that's a thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, well, my wife, you know, was a country western uh, swing contest dancer. Really? That's awesome. So I got into the country music. I mean, I went to a lot of country concerts okay. and country bars. Uh, in, They're back called in hockey the day. tonks, coach. Yeah, yeah, back in the day, Saloons baby. And tonks. The Bongo Lounge was yeah. a big one in yeah. Utah. <laughs> oh, I love it. And between Houston and Dallas, there is a ton <laughs> of honky tonks there. That's for sure. All right, so let's get back to what we were saying as far as, and I do believe that. Andy Reid has proven that I, – I used the description yesterday or the comparison yesterday, I should say, Coach, that Dan Marino, at least in my mind, could only win it one way. He was not going to take off with his legs. He was not going to look around and use other resources. He was going to try and throw his way to the winner's circle. That's, that's just how he was crafted. Pat Mahomes says we need to find different ways to do this. Right. So this team here locally needs to find out different ways to do it. Well, I still am a believer, and, and uh, prob- people are probably that have heard me talk are probably tired of it. But in reality, when Trevor got hurt, he took that took away some of his game. Mm-hmm. You know, and in this league, if you have to throw the ball, if you can't move and 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 you know get plays uh, extra time on plays, the defenses are too good. There's too much pressure. Uh, when you just have to stand in there and throw the football. Right. So, you know, there are guys that can do it. I guess uh, Herbert, for example, is a guy that has been able to stand in there and withstand a bunch of sacks and mm-hmm. still throw the football, but there's very few of them. And I think our woes began once Trevor it took away part of his game. And he has to get back to that, in my opinion. The news of yesterday that we kind of bypassed slash didn't see because it was actually a college reporter that broke it is that the Jaguars have hired Jerry Mack as their running backs coach, according to 247 Sports Coach. Um, From my reporting, I have been told that he was not the first person offered Mm -hmm. the job, was not the first person they spoke with, which, hey, listen, you got to go out and do your research, speak to many candidates, but... The word that I was told is that the word on the street is if you're an assistant coach, do you really want to be tying your name to Press Taylor right now? Well, I think it probably is tying your name to a a, a, a kind of a scary situation as, you know, even if Doug is okay and they have a rough season next year, there'll be some other people that don't. And, Mm -hmm. And obviously when a coordinator goes, and again, I'm I'm not oh, saying yeah. that's going to happen. I'm saying right. that if a coordinator goes, many many times, he, the guy coming in has the ability to bring his guys in there. So it could be a one and done. And I sure. think people are a little nervous about that. It's it's funny because the way I compared it to is you go back and you look at even Jack Del Rio with his last because you were here, coach, under Jack Del Rio, but then you had gone on to coordinate the defense up in in Cleveland. But when he got down to the final year of his contract, and it was not dead man walking, but 
it looked like this was close to the end. And so it was hard to get guys, and it was phrased back then, do you mean I need to move in with my U-Haul, pick a house, and I'm only here for 250 days, and, I, and I'll be gone? Yeah. And that's what you have to worry about. I don't see that with this particular Right, and, and that's what I was going to say. I don't, I don't think that the, the overall structure of the offense would change. That's why I'm kind of saying that, mm-hmm. you know, that the, there has been so much talk yeah. through the media and everything else about Press Taylor. And it started when they were winning. Right, mm-hmm. you know they it, were winning, and there was and, like, and why they were is saying, he "Why is he calling the plays? Why, you know?" And this is going all over the country because the Jags initially were going all over the country mm-hmm. because of what they did last year. Yeah, and so you know, I think that there's some validity to that. That that maybe every some people said, "Hey, you know, I, I'm in pretty good shape right where I am here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna." Stay pat here for a while. So for those keeping score, the Jaguars now have four open coaching positions that at least reportedly haven't been filled yet. That includes the passing game coordinator position, which, of course, Nick Holes left for the Tennessee Titans, the second straight off season in which the Jaguars passing game coordinator has been poached within the division. The assistant offensive line coach post, defensive quality control coach, and safeties, although there's some potential maybe that Chris Richard or Corey Robinson might have that responsibility in addition to their other in-name titles of cornerbacks, defensive backs, safeties coach, whatever it ends up being. The passing game coordinator, though, one for me, Coach Campo, is fascinating because I've heard from a couple people that they may not fill that position, that they may just leave that position and not have somebody. I think they need that extra voice in the room who's not from the Doug tree besides Mike McCoy because – Clearly, they need some outside input, I think, to infuse some energy, some life, some change of pace into this offense. But at the same time, if you hire somebody else, I mean, who's to say that? I don't know. The Texans don't go when Bobby Slowick inevitably gets a job next offseason and they poach that passing game coordinator. Yeah, the biggest thing to me is, uh, you know, the only reason I could see them not filling it would be the fact that they thought that there were too many cooks in the kitchen. That that uh, and that Doug Peterson was going to get more involved, even more involved on the offensive mm-hmm. side with what's going on on offense. You know, right. he kind of uh, vacated that a little bit by saying, "I want to be more the overall guy." Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, we see how that went. So, uh, you know, and again, I I say he might take over the play calling. I I don't know that. I'm just saying uh, it, something has to happen. If there were, you know, I think sometimes there's too many guys with their uh, too many cooks in the cooks kitchen and yeah. guys yeah. trying to get there. The Bengals are about to have the largest mm-hmm. staff in NFL history. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I don't mind uh, different. I'm talking about when there's three or four guys talking to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I get a little nervous with that, you know, because uh, who do you listen to, you know? But right. uh, I think you have to have. I love it because we didn't have any. I mean, I had one, you know, we had one assistant. We had a linebacker coach, a secondary coach, a, a, a linebacker coach. We didn't have a quarterback a coordinator at that time. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. when we first got there, and mm-hmm. then Wanstead was a coordinator. But we had uh, one quality control, you could say, assistant secondary coach or whatever. That's what Zimmer started with. Yeah. And and uh, now I think you do need a an assistant secondary coach, an assistant linebacker coach, yeah. because if you got the right people, you, you can get something with that. But when you got four or five guys talking to quarterback, I get a little, I get a little nervous. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it is the truth. Uh, but heck, 
Uh, Urban had more coaches than anybody else here. And, yeah. Billy Napier's got a lot of coaches, <laughs> too, too, down yeah. there in, uh, yeah. in Gainesville, and that's really working two, out well for Two him. great success stories employing over, uh, I think that would be six dozen coaches probably <laughs> between the two of them. One so. more segment to go with our head coach, Dave Campo. If you have a question for Coach, you can hit the text line. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010. You can also leave a comment on the YouTube chat line. Just search 1010XL in your YouTube search bar, and you will see us live streaming from 1010XL World Headquarters. This is XL Primetime, protected by Preferred Roofing on 1010XL. JJ just told us, you Nooners came out in full force for these George Strait tickets. The most calls we've ever had for a single giveaway from 12 to 3 p.m. here on XL Primetime, yeah. as long as primetime has been from 12 to 3. There's people calling right now thinking we're playing George Strait coming back. They're trying to get ahead of it, even though we've already <laughs> given them all away. And also, it is not, in fact, George Strait music. But, yeah. hey, we appreciate all, you. We are all. on a delay, so yeah. they, they're trying to get ahead of it. Yep. They and they're all realize. saying, we ain't here for a long time, we're here for a <laughs> <Yeah>. good time. <laughs> but we do want to do the drawing yes. right now. Yes, let's do uh, it. We're going to have Campo uh, draw a name. We have four finalists. All right, shake it up. Oh, this Neil. is big. This is big. There it is. All right. Number? JJ, number four. Oh. All right, Nikki Goodson, congratulations, our one female finalist. <laughs> Yay. And she was pretty stoked on the phone. Well, so uh, listen, I will be texting that, you in a minute, Nick. That's, Congratulations. That's my forte is dealing with the women. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Time to go to Vegas, too. How many entrants did we have in here, JJ? Uh, we only took four. I mean, okay. we had about 400 callers. Yeah, okay. Exactly. We took four callers, and hey, hey, 25% chance. Coach yep. Campo, bet the odds, baby. Head to Vegas. Yep, that's awesome. All right, listen, that concert will come up May 11th uh, at Everbank Stadium. George Strait, Chris Stapleton, Little Big Town, and you know they will put on a show. Uh, so we appreciate them giving us a chance to give you something good uh, right here on XL Primetime. So as we kind of go into the the offseason, free agency, franchise tags, figuring out who you're going to keep, like what's the main message, Coach, uh, from, say, D- Doug Peterson, Trent Baalke, whomever it might be, just as far as – not talking to the players, but just kind of talking to themselves, okay? They just saw what won a Lombardi. What's the conversation that's going on in their heads right now? Well, first of all, they're, they're obviously, you know, they've made coaching changes, so they're trying to get on the same page there for mm-hmm. sure. But I think the main message is, uh, you know, here's the things that they have that we don't, and we need to, we need to build off of what we have. And, uh, you know, a lot of it is going to be determined by what they do with Josh Allen, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So that discussion is being done. And I, and I would foresee, foresee them uh, franchising him with the idea that it's going to give them a little bit more time to, mm-hmm. to really concentrate on what they're doing in free agency uh, to certain positions. And uh, that's the biggest thing that's going on right now. Is it a gamble? I heard the boys on Jaguars today talking about this. Is it a gamble, though, because then he sees what money lesser edge rushers are getting on the open market, and if, let's say— tick him off a little bit. Right, or, or, I mean, hello, Daniil Hunter is slated to be a free Mm -hmm. agent. Let's say Mm -hmm. Daniil Hunter gets close to $30 million per year. Now is Trent Baalke's hand forced? Yeah, it is. I mean, that's the gamble you're taking. It just depends. You know, the other way to look at it— and again, I'm not a general manager and don't want to be. Mm-hmm. But the other way to look at it is you pay them 
to avoid what you just said, Mia, and and then that tells you how much money we have to go get the free agents. Uh, so yeah. I mean, it's it's six and one half a dozen. I wish yeah. I could answer that right. question. It's but kind of funny. They they could have inked him last year going right. into the season, right? But he had not necessarily produced to the level that they wanted or hoped. One good year and then kind of nondescript years. Well, then what does he do? He yeah. jets to to tie the the sack. A season total, and so he is going to cash. He knows he's yes. going to cash. But I tend to agree with the logic of what you're saying, Coach. You might want to get in, not get in line. Go ahead and pay first, yeah, yeah. as opposed to pay last right. with with this spending cycle. Right. And 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 uh, Balky made it very clear uh, when he was talking about the when he made the comment that uh, you don't you don't draft. Uh, based on the numbers, mm-hmm. you draft based on what you see, you know, and that's why they didn't give it to him last year because they didn't see yeah. him in the, with the numbers that the the the, the uh, money was mm-hmm. going to be at, yeah. and so now they're forced to see what the numbers are as right. well as see what the guy did. So we ran through this yesterday, Coach. So the fifteen unrestricted free agents and then the non-restricted and tendered guys. But obviously, there are some significant names on that list, even if it's not akin to an Arden Key, Juwan Taylor situation last year, besides, of course, Josh Allen. We saw our friend Demetrius Harvey from the Florida Times-Union said he brings back Josh Allen, Calvin Ridley, if you can, Trey Herndon, Ezra Cleveland. What say you? Yeah, I'd say those are all guys that you'd like to have. Uh, I think Cleveland has a little bit of a future as – you know, whether or not he's a starting guard or, or whether or not he moves to tackle or whatever. You know, I think he has a future. Uh, I like those other guys. I, I think if they can keep Ridley, I think Ridley will get better, you know, and and uh, I think they have to scheme him the ball a little bit more. So I think those guys are all guys that I would keep. Herndon, you know, I'm not 100% with Herndon, especially if they're going to play man-to-man. Mm-hmm. You know, that is where the issue is with Herndon. Right. Not zone. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do. That's the problem. Okay, so here's a sidebar question to that because, you you know, you we were asking you earlier, you know, what's the message? And you said that definitely coaches are having to meet. They're having to take a look at their priority list, all the stuff that, that, that you just went through. But how much does the new D.C. have a say? Or does he communicate with his head coach as far as – what player he likes, using Trey Herndon as an example. How oh, much yeah. say does he have? Absolutely. Well, he's got say. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that he's the guy that's got to put that thing together. And, and, right. And, and uh, uh, Doug has made it clear that, that he needs to get – he can fix what's on offense. Mm-hmm. So that's where his vision is going to be. But sure. he knows darn good well that the defensive guys have to have, uh, you know, a big part in whether or not we win or lose. Right. So they'll have a say. Uh, again, it depends on how well he knows this guy and how much he trusts him and how much he trusts people that know him and his ability, what he did at Atlanta. I just, and I, I just think back uh, with the Joe Cullen D coordinator and the Shaq Griffin signing. Yeah. And they didn't necessarily pair up and right. because one guy wanted to call or create a defense one way, the other guy was perfectly suited to pay play zone instead of man and so right. it's just kind of interesting yeah it's i mean uh, again i think uh if if i'm if i'm the head coach the d coordinator is going to have plenty of say as mm-hmm. to what he wants the team to look like on defense unless i want to make sure that he's going to do what i tell him right you know that's two different things i mean you know uh 
to give you a great example, when I left the Cowboys, Zimmer stayed on as a defensive coordinator with Parcells, mm-hmm. and Parcells was smart because the first year he let Zimmer do his deal. Okay. And, and he did it. Mm-hmm. And then he slowly worked to the 3-4 because mm-hmm. they were a 4-3 team. And, he, and, and he, you know, he, that's how he operated. Okay. So, so I think that, that, uh, that he's got to let the defensive guy do what he wants to do first off. A whole lot of good stuff to get into over these next few weeks. Good thing, I believe it's 73 days, 76 days, something like that, until the Mm -hmm. NFL draft. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure we will be diving into that, plus free agency on the a little bit more short-term list of sorts with March 13th when the league year opens. Good stuff, Coach Campo. And before we send you guys off to record a Campo and Joe podcast, JJ, could we hit a that real quick, please? That just Happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. According to Andrew Marchand, now of the Athletic Go at the Kabombers, ESPN and the college football playoff are in an agreement on a six year, $7.8 billion rights extension. The college football playoff still needs to resolve its outstanding issues for 2026 and beyond in terms of revenue distribution, governance, access, etc. Dollars, dollars, dollars. They're always being debated, aren't they? They really are. Uh, interesting. All right. Uh, we got to say hello to the Francis Show. Coach, thanks for hanging out with us as always. We've got the Campo and Joe podcast coming up, and they are out at Fort Family Field, the big complex with the now, now base, uh, Bragan baseball complex for the walk-off charities classic. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. Our man Frank Franzi joins us now with the walk-off charities tournament well underway out at Fort Family Field, the Bragan Baseball Complex. How you doing, Frank? I'm doing great, Joe, and it's great to be out here. Thank you. And it's, uh, now it's cool today. Yesterday it was a little rainy. Today it is uh, in the it feels like it's about mid fifties with a little wind chill. Not you're tough enough for that, Joe. A guy like you would need you'd probably have a tank top and cutoffs off if you were out here. But uh, it's a, it's a beautiful day for baseball. We're going to play two baseball games, two softball games. Joe, as you know, it's the first year we've done softball here. We're really excited about that part too. We really are. Yeah, I think the cool thing is that you've got both these up and coming kids on the boys' side, the girls' side that that are all like the dream of playing in these tournaments and all that kind of stuff. That's real. Uh, for kids, I don't care how old you are. It's pretty neat to be competing like that. Yeah, it, it really is, Joe. And they're excited about this. We, this new beautiful ballpark. You know, I've talked about it enough. I think people know by now. It's the only artificial turf, all artificial turf ballpark in Jacksonville with this many fields. Uh, these kids, every hop is true. Rain is never concerned. Last night, Joe, it rained like a son of a gun, mm-hmm. and rained and stormed and rained. It stopped, and about 20 minutes later, they played, and the field was perfect. You oh, know, that's so that's beautiful. that's one thing we have. So, so we'll certainly uh, tell you all about that. We'll update you on yesterday's winners. We'll tell you about today's schedule. Uh, we're going to talk about best coaches. Who would you want? Who are the up and coming coaches in both the college and the the NFL, the, in the football realm? That is up and coming coaches. What do you want to see in your coaches? How have these sports changed? That'll be one of our lead topics today. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some things the Jags need to do a little college football and all that. Joe, coming up in just a bit. My answer to any of those questions is Pat Mahomes. I don't care. You, uh, that's, you know, yeah, that's not Billy too. Napier? Yeah. Not Billy yeah. Napier? Not Billy. Well, but. It, that's, a great, that's a great answer. Who's your favorite coach? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, exactly. Who's your favorite Boy Scout? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I like it. I like it. In like the it. words of JJ, as uh, we came on the air with you, Frank, there is nothing better than the sound of that aluminum bat connecting with the ball in the back. Can you hear it now? Yes. You can hear it right now, can't oh, you? We can. you can hear it. We can. Uh, it's a great sound. And I tell you what, me, I know you're coming out here at some point this week. It's, you're going to love You're going to love this complex. You're going to love to see this. So you really are. 
Absolutely. All right, buddy. Thanks, Frank. All right, Frank. Thanks, guys. Hayes, Lauren, RJ holding it down here. They are out there. Fort Family Field. Tell everybody it's a real easy one to find. Right off 295 in Bay Meadows. Yep, and it's the, what would you call the South Loop. Uh, As you go around there, you'll be able to find it. Uh, But definitely go out there and enjoy it. That's for sure. All right, we are done. Thanks to Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. Don't forget, online and on the lot, they can absolutely take care of you. The strong lineup of SUVs, pickups, sedans, talking luxury, economy, whatever it might be, brand new or pre-owned, log on beaverchevrolet.com or find them on Phillips Highway. Find Beaver Toyota in the AUG on US1 or beavertoyotastaugustine.com. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Coach, Big Sirson. Hopefully Matt Hayes will be over his, uh, what was it, 102-something fever and back with us tomorrow.